Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, guys. This is a very groggy Jim Smallman uh, the morning before I go to Orlando with another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. You can probably hear baby Claudio uh, freaking out in the background uh, he's quite excited daddy's home for the first time in a few days and then uh, sadly depart for uh, over a week uh, and leave my uh, my my wife and beautiful son at home uh, to go out to Orlando for Wrestlemania uh, but that's something I'll chat about in a bit um, hope you're well uh, thanks as always for downloading the podcast keep supporting this podcast uh, jimsmormon.com slash tnj is where you point people if you want to get new people to subscribe to it there's the various ways you can subscribe there and a list of all the episodes and stuff like that uh, and obviously do keep subscribing to us and rating us and reviewing us wherever you get podcasts from because that's super it's super helpful for, for what we do now Today's episode, I did the WrestleMania list and the progress list last week. Um, and today's episode, I think, is is possibly the most important Tuesday Night Jaw Meets episode that I've done as I chatted to Pastor William Eva. Now, I'm not going to kind of give away what we talk about, but uh, I've known Pastor for a long time since he came to the, the Progress Training School in I, I think 2013 and I like him very much I like him incredibly uh, loads as a person I, I think he's he's a fantastic chap and he's super nice and I already liked him until I found out something about his past and that didn't change anything for me because I only have how I think about things I only ever see the, the nice dude who's in front of me who's never done anything wrong to me now I think Pastor's story, and you'll learn it when you listen to the podcast, and we start off with another usual sort of fluff, but when you get to the meat of the story, I think you'll hopefully be like I am and be really inspired by someone's tale of dedication and rehabilitation, um, because I, I genuinely think he's an inspiring dude, and and I, I've wanted to do this podcast with him for a while, and he's been a little bit reticent about talking about certain things in it, because, you know, it's stuff that... Um, stuff that he regrets and, and, and stuff that he's sorry for, and, and it, I think it's it's a tremendously important thing to listen to and, and think about how we consider rehabilitation in society and, and things like that. And, and it, I, I'm I'm delighted that Pastor sat down with me and, <clears throat> and chose to speak to me about it and chose to make this stuff public because it's a big brave step. And again, you'll understand more when you listen to the podcast itself. So um, 
huge thanks to Pastor William Eva for doing this. Um, we mention uh, that he's running the London Marathon for a cause that's very close to him, called Wrapped, which he talks about and we'll tell you all about during the podcast. Um, go and sponsor him. Even if it's only a quid, even if it's, you know, a fiver, which is, you know, I know not everyone's got a fiver knocking about, right? I don't want you <clears throat> to... I, I, if you're inspired by a story, chuck him some money for doing the marathon. He's got a target, and I hope he hits the target. I hope he smashes the target. Doing a marathon's hard. I trained to do it last year, and I got injured halfway through, and I was struggling. Like, Pastor's rest, Pastor wrestles. He's got a day job, often a night job, as it turns out. And he's training to do a marathon for a cause that is really important to him. It's not some arbitrary charity. He's gone, fine, I'll do that. I'll get my charity place. No, he is super super into this charity for reasons that will become apparent when you listen to the podcast so sponsor him okay go to justgiving.co.uk slash run pasta run and it's pasta how he spells his name not the type of food okay so program sorry forgive me <clears throat> quite tired didn't get until 4am justgiving.co.uk slash run pasta run and I mentioned this in the podcast but Pastor is, of course, a former Progress Wrestling Champion. You can see the moment when he, he won the title at demand-progress.com. And the moment when he won the title meant, I know it meant the world to him because of his past. And myself and John and Glenn, because we were aware of his past, but it wasn't public, We it, it really was a big deal to us knowing what he'd overcome to get to that stage. So I think if you go back and see the moment he wins the title again with the fresh knowledge that you'll learn from listening to this podcast it makes that moment even more special and even more of a journey than just someone who won a title shot and cashed it in it is it's genuine i think his his story is inspiring and and the fact that you know he, he's the first to admit that stuff he's done in the past wasn't great and he's sorry for it and you know all, all he wants to do is get on with his life and get his head down I, I think it's genuinely it's a genuinely inspiring story um, Pastor did tell me to point out he's quite nervous talking and he's very he was very nervous talking about this and he does what a lot of people do and sometimes he just makes little flippant remarks and little jokes and stuff like that and he doesn't want to come across in a strange way or anything like that he's just it is how he is um, when a microphone's in front of him so you know he did say to explain he was nervous and that's why sometimes he goes off on tangents and just says little things just to just to make himself smile and that it's just his way of coping with dealing with it is a difficult subject so I, I know you guys are cool with that but I thought I'd explain it um, other plugs obviously please listen to everything on the Distraction Pieces Network super grateful that Scroobius Pip has given me the opportunity to do this it's, we're nearly a year old now um, next week we'll be a year old uh, I'll still be in Orlando but I'll put something out while I'm there and then when I come back, we'll do the, uh, probably about 10 days after the event, we'll do the actual sort of WrestleMania uh, roundtable, hopefully with myself uh, and Pip and a couple of other cool guests uh, down in that London. If you're coming to WrestleMania this weekend, uh, then go to morethanmania.com, uh, buy tickets to come and see the Progress Show at Friday lunchtime, noon uh, Eastern Standard Time on Friday, uh, or buy tickets to go to uh, Progress vs. Evolve, the WWN Super Show on Saturday evening, or come and see us at Access, which is mental. Uh, we are, uh, the news was announced right after I put the podcast out last week, I already knew about it, it wasn't a surprise to me, um, but yes, uh, Progress matches are going to be put on at WWE's Access, which is just a sentence in itself is nuts. 
Um, if you came to Progress this past weekend and helped us celebrate our fifth birthday, thank you. Thank you for being the reason I've got no voice now. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for bringing weapons for the fans. Bring the weapons match. Uh, special credit to the person who bought a signed picture of Ed Miliband. Not even in a frame. Wasn't really a weapon. I mean, depending on your political allegiances, you might think he's a weapon. Um, I mean, I like the bloke. Couldn't eat a bacon sandwich, but I do like him. Um, so thanks if you came to that. Obviously, if you want to support Progress, progresswrestling.com. Uh, we put the, last, the, the next show on sale last night and it sold out there quick again. So soz. there's no tickets you can really buy at the minute. Uh, but progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. And my website is jimsmallman.com. I've got a downloadable show that you can download there. Say you're traveling to Orlando and you want to do something for an hour on that flight, download it to your iPad or your laptop and watch it uh, and listen to me telling stories about my wife uh, and my daughter. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this um, this podcast today. Do tweet me and let me know what you think. I'm at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. I, I know I spend a lot of time messing around and being silly, but I genuinely think, we still talk about silly stuff, but I genuinely think the meat of what we talk about in this podcast is is really, really powerful. And there's there's moments you'll hear it, there's moments that, that Pastor is, is is nearly in tears during it and, and me watching him because he's my friend. It, it, it got to me as well, so... Um, yeah, have a listen and, and let me know what you think. Okay. Enjoy, guys. I'll, uh, I'll catch you on the other side. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Right. Hello, Pasta. Hello, Jim. Hello. Um, I'm aware when we're doing this, people aren't that used to hearing you talk. It's probably a good thing, you know. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. I, 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 the, the story I was telling someone the other day is about um, when you won the Natural Progression series and we let you do a speech. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, it was like... You've just said to me off before we start recording. You like you get you're nervous about doing this, but you're not just a bit. But you never seem nervous when you wrestle. 
Uh, hide it well, you know. I've got a lot of hair to <laughs> cover my face. Do you, do you still get... I mean, you're not... I mean, you've been, you've been over a bit. I mean, do, you, do you still get nervous when you wrestle? Or is it still... Uh, now and again. There was something Dave Mastiff once said to me. Drop a name there, pick it up. And I, I can't... I can't... It was like a, a, a philosophy, a way of thinking. Flow, I think it was. It was just... Just be in the moment, you know yeah. what I mean? Because you've, you've never seen... Even when you were, like, brand, brand new, you never you never seemed nervous. I think it was one of the things that set you apart from other people who were perhaps coming through the projo at the time, was you always looked like, oh, no, I totally belong here, it's fine. I mean, also, having a massive beard probably does help, because it, you know, it makes you look older than the, uh, the 21 years you clearly are. Uh, yeah, so... I don't <laughs> rest... Um, so, um, for, for, for people who aren't, aren't aware of you, most of our listeners will be familiar with the Progress products and will be familiar with, uh, with you to some degree. You are Pastor William Eva, former Progress champion, which is quite a nice thing to say. Progress world champion, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> Let me, I'll, I'll tell you something. Yesterday, when, Case, I, was in, when I was ringing out in the, the Pete Dunn-Mark Andrews match, I, I always work, I know what I'm going to say as a ring announcer, and my, my brain I went... Should I say it's the world title today? Because people call it it. And then I went, well, it is, it is a world title. It's been defended overseas, including by yourself. Yeah. So you defended it in Ireland? Republic of Ireland, Cork Republic. City, Cork Heck. Um, so I was like, maybe I, I should, but I'm so used to, I've got used to saying it in a sentence that I'm like, if I had world in, I'll probably just stumble over my words. I think that's what'll happen. But it is, you're right, former Progress World Champion, yeah. um, uh, Natural Progression Series. Three, Three yes. Mark Andrews, uh, Flash Morgan Webster, Pastor William Eva. So it's good lineage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and how long have you been wrestling now? Uh, Circuit-wise, it'd be just over three years now. Just over three years. Yeah. So it's not bad for three years, is it? I've done okay, you know. <laughs> done okay. Um, and we're sat in your front room, uh, and there's, there's two title belts just knocking around. I'm presuming these are yours, rather than... You're not the sort of person to just carry No, that's, that's the that's the... The old version of the WWE title. That's uh, <laughs> Celtic Championship Wrestling's uh, champion and uh, Wrestling League UK's champion, which is uh, it's pretty cool. Because yeah. it did all right. One thing that makes I think me, John, and Glenn proud as promoters is seeing people who have perhaps broken a little bit with us, like yourself and, and like Chuck Mambo and, and Jack Saxmith and, 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 and Ginny and every, everybody. Right? It's great seeing those guys and then them going right. Uh, we're going to go and wrestle elsewhere, even if it's time, you know, even if it's that video of Damon Moser, uh, at Steve Manelli's Manelli Mania shows <laughs> with, with a bale of hay and a car, <laughs> and like even stuff like so that pops me. So good, <laughs> ah. um, so um, I wanted to talk to you for a bit, and I've I've teased this this podcast over the last couple of weeks of doing Tuesday Night Show. I've, I've teased it by saying I. Uh, I want to talk to you and I want to tell your story because it genu- it's something that in- it interests me and something I found fascinating and inspiring since I first met you. So, and I know, I know it's one of the reasons you're nervous, and I know, but I think... I'm just happy there isn't a camera on me right now. <laughs> but I know it's, it's a cool thing for us to talk about. So, um, when you were a kid, right... Back before pre-beard, and I've seen a picture of you pre-beard, which genuinely surprises me because I wasn't even aware you had a chin. Yeah, um, no Jimmy Hill, that's for certain. <laughs> so, um, uh, can you remember how old you were when you got into wrestling? 
When I first started training. Oh, no, when you first... First time you ever oh, watched it. Oh, God. Um, it was my older brother, who's a few years older than me. Uh, used to watch him. We had a, a friend of the family, Trevor, who uh, used to record them for us. Is that, that okay? Yeah. It's okay to record on VHS, you know what I mean? WWE and everything's watching. <laughs> yeah, um, I, think, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, my earliest memory of like a live show that we recorded was like WrestleMania 9 for me. And uh, I remember being absolutely terrified of Doink the Clown when he was heel. His music. <laughs> heel Doink was brilliant. Oh my God. There's that a, music, terrifying. There's a match, I think it's in Raw in 1990, probably 93. There's an episode of Raw where Doink wrestles Marty Jannetty. And it's a legit, a brilliant match. Heel Doink, Marty Jannetty. It's absolutely... Someone will tweet me, at Jim Spawn, hashtag Tuesday Night Joe, right? Someone will tweet me and tell me exactly what episode of Raw it is. I'll then show it you and you can just watch I may, it on the I may have seen it. I, I, can't, I can't recall. I know he's, he's, he's passed on now to... Your man who wrestled as Doink, but he was on the original. He was on the first WrestleMania. Mm. I think he worked Matt, Steamboat. Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Yeah, Matt Bourne. Yeah. He worked Steamboat. Yeah, as Matt Bourne, which was a maniac. Matt Bourne. And what I love is that it's one of those gimmicks that people have bought and passed from wrestler to wrestler to wrestler. So there's still there is an officially licensed Doink out there. I thought you were going to say there's a still officially a maniac Matt Bourne. Out there. <laughs> no, no, there, no, might be. there might be. There might be. <laughs> It'd be slightly bizarre if we didn't do that. So uh, WrestleMania. How are we at WrestleMania nine? Because um, I talked about my favourite WrestleManias last week, and I think my, the first one I remember watching because we'd recorded it was WrestleMania six, um, and then I went back and I had a mate who, who whose parents had got divorced, so his, his dad had bought him loads of videos, so so I used to just borrow all these videos. So I went back and watched all the WrestleManias, all the Survivor Series, all the Royal Rumbles that were out on Coliseum home video, and um, but yeah, I. I think I must have been maybe eleven when I was. I think I, I think I was eleven when WrestleMania six was on. So yeah, I mean, what age would you be in WrestleMania nine? Because you're, you're fairly younger than me. So you're I don't know what year. What year was WrestleMania nine? Was it ninety three, ninety two? I think it was. Not, I, I want to say ninety three because first WrestleMania was eighty four, wasn't it? So I would say ninety three. Yeah, ninety three because obviously WrestleMania ten. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, I would have been about five, give or take. Nine, yeah, five-ish. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Little five-year-old pasta. Oh, God, yeah. And, because um, you are, people will be able to detect from your accent, you are you are a Londoner, it is fair to say. My, my accent is uh, all about the place. I've got a, a bit of East London there, I've got a bit of Irish there, and Cause got a bit of uh, now, pasta there, I don't know. I've met your mum. My mammy. Yeah, yesterday. because it's, your, your, your mother was, is your, is your mum Irish? My mum is Irish, Cork yeah. City. Yes. Yeah. So, I remember meeting your mum, and some progress chapters will recall <laughs> when I met your mum. Was it a, was it a progress chapter? Or was it an endeavour? It was Endeavour Eight with, with Mason Ryan, big Mason Ryan, big Barry. So, so there was two great things that happened during the you and Mason Ryan match, right? <laughs> the first thing is, is we realised there's a lady on the front row. You didn't realise I'm nervous, Jim. By yeah. Right. <laughs> there's, there's there's two great things that happened, right? There's a lady in the front, and I don't ring announce a lot of the Endeavour. Obviously, Endeavour's moved to being Freedoms Road now, and I don't tend to, because uh, I've me living in Wales, I don't tend to come down for one. And Glenn was away, so I got asked, I think it was like, it was right after Christmas, wasn't it? It was like a New Year one. I it think. was, it was January, yeah. And I got asked, um, John, do you want to ring announce? I went, yeah, no worries, I'm, I was in town anyway, and, and I wanted to come and see you guys. So, <laughs> I, um, I noticed that you're, 
there was a lady sat in the front row who seemed really, really enthusiastic about you. Jovial, uh, yeah. yeah. And and I'm not suggesting she might have had a drink. Uh, she yeah, may have had a share. Yeah. And and I kept talking to her, and she was lovely to talk to. I talked to her in the ring, and she was lovely, and she was Irish, and I was like, and then and then someone came up to me and went, "That's Pastor's mum," and I went, "All oh, right." Um, uh, and I think it was possibly after the match I introduced her as as your mum. And then everyone, we just started a Mary chant. I'm fairly sure your mum's not called Mary. Um, but obviously, because of your, because of your, uh, um, your uh, likely, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, your similarity to a certain important historical figure called Jesus. I was going to say Cat Stevens. I was going to say Cat Stevens. <laughs> um, it, it, it was brilliant. The fans were spontaneously like, oh, she's called Mary from now on. And I, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard. But also in that match, um, was uh, about five minutes into that match, uh, Mason Ryan, who is, is a lovely guy, right? Absolutely. He's from near where I live and, and, and now living in America in Cirque du Soleil, which is, is crazy. Surreal, isn't it? As an archer. Um, so, um, but halfway through that match, it goes a little bit quiet and some bloke from the back near the bar just goes, oh, fuck, is that bloke of NXT? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Have you... How do you feel about family watching you? Because I, my dad's seen me do stand-up words. When my mum was around, my mum only maybe saw me do stand-up maybe two or three times. So how do you feel about it? Um, I love it. I'd, I'd, I'd like to have, have them come down more. It's just uh, them getting down, get, getting tickets for them progress shows. You know, they're, they're quite hard to come by nowadays. I'm fairly sure. It's, there's a friends and family policy. I know. Come out, I get out of here. Um, um, just, yeah, them getting down. It, uh, it was really nice when I won the progress title, of course. Uh, I got to wrestle in Cork, defending Cork, and my mum and dad, who'd separated when I was younger, uh, were both there to see me wrestle, yeah. which was like a real Absolutely. awesome moment. And they can get, they, they can both get to Cork City to come see me wrestle. Yeah. Like London, Camden, you know what I mean? It's another story. And but... presumably they they live in London. I know. Well, well my old man is in 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 uh, Dublin, County Mead. Right. Okay. So it's easy for me to get Cork. My mum's in London, so yeah. But yes, I always love it when they're there. My, my older brother was there for my first match against Flash at Endeavour 2, which yes. was really cool. I remember he, he popped for the London Riots. <laughs> Big fan of those, don't know why. I've got to say, I've chatted to, I think I've met your brother at least on one occasion. Could he oh, you've met my younger brother. You've met my younger brother, yeah. Because yeah, he came over and went, hiya. Yeah, he's like, a, yeah. Inf- infamously uh, body slammed me on stage with X-Pac. Uh, <laughs> shoot, as well, just... Doing promos. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Havoc, by the way, for instigating that originally. And he just went for a body slam. I, I posted for him as uh, you're a pro, pro I am. You are uh, a pro. And he nearly broke his uh, broke his back. Slam, slams me. I sew away off the stage because he's half cut. He comes from, <laughs> dives at me off the stage. Like People were genuinely concerned because they thought, who's this lunatic? <laughs> Not realising it was my brother. Such is life. So, when you were a kid... And who's, who are the wrestlers, when you're a kid, who are the wrestlers that you're watching and going, oh, they're my absolute hero? Because I'm always surprised at how people, like when I was a kid, to, to the difference between who I like when I was a kid, to the difference to who I like when I was a student, for example, and then the difference to who I like now as a promoter is, is very different. So who are you sort of into as a kid? That, that brother right there, who's standing there in the Brett, corner. Brett of the Hitman Heart. Brett the Hitman Heart, yeah. I, I had a thought today, while I was walking uh, down Woolwich High Street, I had a really good thought. 
and that was I walked past the charity shop and I was like isn't it a shame Davy Boy Smith didn't have more children so they couldn't be a British Heart Foundation oh <laughs> I was so I you there the other day, funny enough. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, Brett Goodman, I mean, I... Don't mention him, because that was just, by chance, I got him out of a packet. Even though I respect him, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> Mr. Reigns. Um, I... Handsome man. Do you know what? I've, I've, I was talking to my missus about this, and I went, he's a good-looking man, Eddie Roland Reigns. I, I, I've said this on the podcast loads. I, I, nothing angers me more than people chanting, you can't wrestle. Because Divi Chant. It, because it's hard to be a wrestler. The amount of stuff you got, I've seen you. I remember watching you train, right? And I've you go on like I don't train anymore. I still no, give no, it, give it some. no, but I remember <laughs> like seeing you because I remember John saying to me, "We've got we've got a load of trainees who are dead good. You need to come and see someone." And I, I came along, and I remember just watching anyone training in wrestling. You see them and, and go, "Oh, all the stuff you have to remember just to remember a basic sequence to not." get her and, that, and it's hard it's, it's not easy and when people chant you can't wrestle at someone like Roman Reigns it genuinely makes me angry and the reality is there's loads got loads going for him he's a big dude good looking dude and everything he, he does looks like it is so you know I think he's nailing it as that work my, my real life job as they say which is unfortunate but I'm, I was explaining wrestling trying to give my view of wrestling to a non-fan because <coughs> they always ask the inevitable question with like is it show oh, is it show you know, yeah, yeah. it's show wrestling it's like but it's, yeah we know the result is predetermined etc but you've got to get across stuff to the fans so you two ain't, ain't wrestling fans you're the goodie you're the baddie you've got to go out there and get the, the fans on your side you're a baddie etc yeah if you go out you're the good guy and they're booing you unfortunately like Mr. Reigns usually gets you know, it's uh, you're not doing your job, and mm. you know, words to that effect. Uh, it's, I, I'm still still learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, but do you know what I mean? It's not that clear cut. It's not just fake. Oh, you know, totally. it's, excuse me. It, it, and that's just, yeah. It's, it, it, we'll always wind up people going, "It's fake," um, uh, because well, I mean, see what you look like at the end of you versus Sebastian. <laughs> Indeed, four um, stitches, uh, and you still have the scar. It's an absolutely uh, lovely scar. Thank you, Sebastian. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> karma, I believe they call it. Yeah, karma. Well, I mean, some might say. That. Some might say. It. I don't know. Um, don't know why. So, Brett hit my heart. Anyone else who, when you were a kid, you were like Owen? I out of Britain, Owen. I was, I was more uh, led more towards Owen because I, I don't know exactly the same. Just, I don't know, like they, he, he was just doing flips like, and stuff. Oh, you're amazing! It's mind blowing stuff he was doing. Oh was my god, uh, there was something I done it in the match with Jack Gallagher, who's obviously. Where he is now just it goes to show how great he is. I remember talking to him briefly at the time. Where are you going? Gonna, when are you going to get over to the E? Oh, I don't know, but he's there now. Anyway, yeah. and we done the little sequence, and I done the. It was a homage to Owen, where you go up, legs on the rope, backflip, and obviously Jackson amazing pulse, which helped me get over. Done a backflip, pulled him. I know it probably sounds like absolute gibberish on the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean, but I tried it again at an endeavour and I nearly necked myself. But um, yeah, he was so gifted, was Owen. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I like I've known him for years. I was watching so the, the pay per view when he died. I was watching live, and I I was watching live, and I remember feeling like it wasn't real, and then not being able to sleep because what I used to like I'd, I'd watch them and then. I, I was at uni, so I, I'd have to get up the next day and go to, go to uni. And I was watching it just going, I'm sure this isn't real. And my parents were on holiday in America at the time. 
And they, my dad rang me the next day and went, are you, I know I don't watch wrestling, I, I know you're into it. Like, do you know where wrestlers died? I'm like, yeah, but because here it wasn't really reported. Like because well, if you're trying to see it on Good Morning, on it, it was, it was, was yeah. but, but it was massive news in the states. Whereas oh, here it was, course. it was kind of like all oh, this has happened, and then you know people moved on to other stuff. But it really, it really bothered me for a long time. And I remember having on video the you know the Owen tribute show that they did on yeah, Raw the next yeah. night, which I, I still think was actually really nice. And I know that Austin doing the odd yeah Austin Austin doing the yeah, thing, and, and which when you actually find out more about it, that Austin and Owen weren't really good friends. Because of the the neck injury oh, so that yeah, yeah. Austin got, um, is you know the, the level of respect that he had, and it's when you he's mentioned. I think in every wrestler of that era's autobiography, he's mentioned as oh, he was a good river and everyone liked him, and oh, all he wanted to do was be all he wanted to do was retire, be a fireman, and spend time with his kids. And you're like, I was even a nice guy, you know, as well as a. He's, but that's another thing. Like they say, if, you, if it looks like he, he always looked like he was enjoying himself, having fun. That's mm. what it's about. Have a laugh, have fun. You know what I mean? Obviously, we're putting. You know, we're working with each other. There's always scope for injury and stuff, but just go out there, enjoy yourself. Obviously, oh, he was the man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, with yeah. So there must have been a point. There must have been an age when you were. I'm going to presume a teenager, where you went. I, I might have a go at this wrestling business. Always wanted to do it. Always. Always. From the you reckon from the first time you saw it. Always. Always been a dream of mine to wrestle. Dad. Were you, as a kid, were you into sport? Were you sporty or anything like that? Here's the thing, like, a bit of football here, there and everything <coughs> else. But not really, like, I used to, used to try and get out of PE and everything like that. You know, like, I wouldn't say I wasn't, I wasn't uh, athletic or, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we used to run around, cycle, whatever. But, yeah, like, nothing, I've never really drawn to any sort of sport. Like, yeah, a little bit of football and stuff. But I never really wanted to get it part of the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, stay off school, school. Just want to have fun, go about, watch a bit of wrestling, have a bit of a wrestle with mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Do you have a backyard or anything like that? Well, it's difficult. What, what is backyard? And do you actually have a fed and stuff? Yeah, obviously we had uh, we had little kind of things when we were kids. I remember my pal Michael, you had the king of the ring. We used to make belts out of cardboard and like Meccano. Or, <laughs> and uh, he still got, he still, he showed, sent me a picture of it recently after I'd won the Progress title. He said, don't forget your first ever title with Martin. <laughs> And uh, whoever he is, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, always. Uh, I remember uh, I beat one of my pals with a shoot wrist lock or a hammer lock actually at the time for that belt. In particular, but yeah, always. Uh, like I said, that's always what I wanted to do. That's been for as long as I can remember. That's yeah. what uh, I wanted to do. Just finding the school or going out my way to get to a school. So you, but you, you started training fairly young. I, I don't know, it was 18 I originally finally found a school to go to, because I was aware of FWA's Academy in Portsmouth, mm-hmm. but like... Uh, Which has produced, I think produced, I want to say Mark Haskins. Uh, Skins, I believe, yeah. uh, who else come out of there? Uh, Maybe Marty, actually. Marty? Mike Skull. Oh yeah, Mike Skull, um, Andy Simmons, of course. Yeah. Uh, on and on, I was trying to think, is it PJ Black as well? Like, I'm sh- I did not know that. Yeah, that's so. that's a fun little fact there. I'm sure I see it on cagematch.net. Um, <laughs> Which is a useful resource for us all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, like I never never got down to Portsmouth. When I did start training at 18, mm. uh, I think it was FWA Academy was just winding down at the time. But, uh, 
Yeah, started uh, in Ed- in London mm. for a uh, LDN. For those who don't know, it's uh, and uh, now yeah. now what's going to be interesting at this point is people are going to go. They're going to have done maths because we talked about WrestleMania nine earlier on, and they're going to go. He said he's been wrestling three years, and he said he started training at eighteen. But then he said he was five in nineteen ninety three. I'm quite confused. Um, what's happened? Now I know what's happened, and I didn't know this for a long time. I knew you for ages, and I, I, I heard about it from. Um, I want to think John. I think John told me. Um, so you had to take a little bit of a break from wrestling training, didn't you? It's fair to say. Yeah, this is true. Um, um, and, uh, and and this is the, the, the crux of... I want to talk about all kinds of wrestling stuff, and we'll get back to it. I want to talk about your, your progress title reign and how that felt for you and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's important to set to set this up and talk about it, because I, I've i said this to you for a while, and I know it's something that you'd be like, oh, I'm a bit nervous about it. But, um, so, you went to prison for a bit. Which, Jesus, don't, don't mince your words. No, no, no but... Fair play, this, yeah. This, no, wow. But this is... This <laughs> yeah. is this is I know because me and you kind of joke about it now because I've known you for a bit but it's it's something that from my point of view as a promoter so a promoter <coughs> someone who employs you on a, on a fairly regular basis and my initial impression of you was he's a nice lad fuck me he's hard working like this is all I've ever and this is before I knew any and, and finding out your past didn't change my opinion of this because all you've ever presented yourself to me and John and Glenn is super professional super hard working and a nice like nice to everybody really res- one of the most respectful people I, I think I've, I remember telling you off I think it was when you were progress champion you were still helping set the fucking ring up yeah, you can always help out yeah but you? this this is like you are one of the most hard-working people I've met. Uh, no, do we're on a serious one. I'm going to drop another name here. Shah Sowers, I hope you don't mind. I recall, remember, uh, we was helping take Dan and he, we were at the after show after a progress show and he was like, yeah, mate, I see you carrying that, the, the ring post. Yeah, yeah, it's all well and good. Yeah, you look hard. But when the ring's getting taken down, you know what you want to grab? The ring bell. Good <laughs> And I should really take heed. No, of course, pay your dues. Yeah. Obviously, Shah meant that in jest. So... And, and we had a chat about this a little while ago. I think me and you and John, we sat, we sat in a coffee shop in London and we, and we talked about it because I wanted to get your handle on it because it was one of those things that I was always hearing about secondhand and people telling me stuff and I'd never just said, um, what happened? And so I speak as someone who's got a past. Like, oh, my past is on my Wikipedia page. It's fairly unavoidable. That's how my mum found out about it. And I, um, I've never been in prison or anything like that, but... Um, I am I'm very upfront about it I am a drug addict I am an alcoholic they're two things that I am um, uh, I've been straight edge for 18 years you're also straight edge indeed um, uh, and um, for, I, I would say possibly for similar reasons to me uh, um, just don't work for us don't work for us yeah, it doesn't and, and it doesn't but you from how you sort of described it to me you it's not like you weren't like a trouble kid it's just you you just kind of you made some daft decisions, didn't you? I think it's fair to say. Um, I, was, I was talking talking to someone from Rap who I'm doing a bit of work with at the moment for London Marathon and stuff. Mm. Which we'll definitely we'll plug that one massively yeah, down because I think it's that. really good. In a second, mm. uh, 
it's just being comfortable with who you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I never like you ask yourself, who am I? What am I about? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why do I do these things? Why do I drink? Why do I, I say, smoke, smoke weed or take mm. drugs or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, why do you do these things? And I used to, my original thing for drinking and everything else was like, I drink to get drunk. You know what I mean? Mm. Not just one drink. Like. I, I, that, you go to the bar what are you having orange juice get out of here you're not having orange juice have a drink like these were my sort of mentality with alcohol you know mm. and then why did I drink to get drunk why do I need to get drunk to socialise why do I need to be drunk to socialise do you know what I mean just just be be yourself just be comfortable I don't know I always felt uncomfortable with me never, mm. never feeling like I could fit in with people don't know why it's just my mind my head that was and, on and my it's, shoulders it's surprising hearing it now because I, I find <sighs> you Backstage in shows, you're not you're not the life and soul of the party, but you are you're pretty there. You know what I mean? You're not a quiet person in the corner. You talk to everybody. Everybody likes you. Like you, you're a nice guy to have around. Like like well, you weren't on the show. Like Craig, you, weren't, you, know, you weren't on the show yesterday, but you popped down from even though you couldn't be at all the were you, were you working yesterday? Was, was uh, yeah, at night I had to leave at fucking yeah. five to get to work. So bane of my existence. So. Pays the bills, so... But again, this is the thing, like, you've turned up after working nights to wrestle progress shows because you want to do this. Of course. And, and that level of commitment and intensity is, is amazing. And not having... This is my big positive take from this is... Um, and, you know, I have, I have a history of some... My sister and my uncles worked in prisons for ages. And, and there's the way that society paints anyone who goes to prison, which is, oh, they've gone to prison and done something wrong. Now... You're the first person who, when we spoke about this in the past, you've gone, yep, I did something wrong. And I was completely in the wrong. I'm sorry. And you went to prison and you learned from it. And and, and, and people can be rehabilitated. And this is the big Absolutely. positive thing I want to take away. Is you are, a, you are, for me, a poster boy for rehabilitation. Because, like I said, when you were, how old were you, how old were you when you went to prison? I just turned, uh, yeah, 20. I just uh, turned 20 years old. And, because it was for, uh, I know you don't mind saying, so it was for assault, wasn't it? It was, did, yeah. You got sent to prison for. Now, um, how long did you get sentenced for? Um, I got sentenced, I remember now, it's February 16th, uh, 2009, two days after Valentine's Day. Don't know why that was significant, but it's February 16th, and I, I originally got four years, ten months mm-hmm. sentenced. Um, to which I would have served two and a half years for a determinate sentence. Um, I, for those of you that, yeah, the, the sentence I received, it wasn't a determinate sentence. It was an indeterminate sentence. For any, anyone that knows what an indeterminate sentence is, it's a sentence where you have to sort of like, I don't know why I'm um, looking away, I need to look at you when I'm <laughs> saying this. Um, indeterminate sentence is a, it's effectively a life sentence. You mm. can't just serve your time and get released. Um, is it one where you have to kind of you have to kind of show that you've been rehabilitated and show remorse and stuff like that before they will actually grant you. Yeah, oh, yeah to a degree. Because it wasn't a phrase I was used to until you told me about it. Yeah, the sentence in itself, the, uh, the IPP has been abolished, but obviously not in retrospect, so those that have had it in the past hmm. will still uh, have it. You can't just get it taken off. I did ap- appeal against it, but um, it's another story. Um but uh, yeah, so I had, to, I had to attend parole boards and stuff and uh, show that I had worked with the system to rehabilitate. And to be honest, um, 
I did get a lot taken away from the courses that they put on my my sentence planned for me to uh, to be rehabilitated. Like just little things, little courses that would help you pause, take a second, <coughs> use self talk. Why do I? Why must you like impulsively react to something? Why can't you just take a moment? Why do I do these things? It's all like philosophical, you know, to mm. a degree. The mind. Pause, take a second. You know, and, uh, I had to attend parole boards. I first parole board I attended was 2010. It was over tariff. It's incredible talking at talking like this prison stuff. You know, to uh, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this, which is mm. be quite vast. Um, I had to attend the parole boards. I was over tariff, just just over tariff. Two 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 years, six months, whatever it was, and I got a an open conditions decat status, which put me in an open prison. And I was devastated when I got there. You know, yeah, it was progression. It was a progression, but um, I wanted to, wanted to go on. You know, mm. I'd uh, I'd done done the courses that they asked of me to done. Like, um, I took on board everything that was on the courses. To be fair, my my only the reasoning behind that was I still in my head was like I'm going to set realistic limits for my alcohol intake, which was the root of my crimes, you know. As as was my thinking, but the alcohol led me yeah. astray as well. So in, in hindsight, it at the time it was good. I was devastated at the time, but looking back, it was the best thing for me going mm. forward to spend the remainder year or whatever it was in an open prison, so I could go out on a weekend or whatever. And uh, that led me on to finding Wrapped. Um, I'm not going too... No, no, no. Um, no. What's, what's Wrapped stand for, just so people know? Wrapped is uh, the Rehabilitation for Addicted Prisoners Trust. Right. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here, but anyway, I was in, um, I was in open conditions and I'm, uh, I actually met someone uh, called Martin Johnson. I don't know why I said met someone like that. Um, <laughs> met Martin Johnson, who was another like mine. I don't know why I'm dropping his name. He's a great bloke, and he, he was another uh, person in addiction who was, who was serving a similar sentence. So it's, it's mad how you get, become attracted to people, or you get attracted. The law of attraction, the secrets. Um, yeah, and I uh, got talking with Martin, and he was he was a rapt graduate. Right. And uh, we were talking, we were both having to go for parole and stuff, both in the terms of different, different paths, but the same. We both met each other. Uh, anyway... He suggested to me that I come along to a rap meeting within the within the prison, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll give it a go. See how it is for me." Went there, you you know how you introduce yourself at meetings and whatnot. I am, da da da, so and so, and I'm there listening to everyone, and then it come to me. Hi, I'm I'm uh, Martin. Mm. I'm I'm, and I couldn't I, at the time. I couldn't like I couldn't define myself. I didn't couldn't see it like. I, I guess I'm an alcoholic, I said, you know, and yeah. I, I listened, and I, I went to the rooms and I listened to the shares. I know they say you shouldn't talk outside of the room, but this is just my, my experience. Um, and the more I listened, the more I listened to people's shares, the more I could relate, and the more it was the thinking behind it mm. that I could relate to. And uh, the more I listened, and then I realised that my thinking is that of an alcoholic, of a, that of a, an addict, not an alcoholic, but an addict, yes. you know? And uh, I'm very grateful that I got a chance to go into those rooms because that helped me my final piece in the the whole plan for my thinking within my the drinking plan and stuff because drinking's not for me mm. the first drink I had I was uh, it was after my holy communion believe <laughs> it or not like you know everyone's celebrating I can't be I must have been about six had it I woke up in the middle of the night threw up obviously um, 
it was just there. I shouldn't have had to drink it, etc. And then I had another drink when I was like 10 years old. And uh, there, there was two bottles of wine. It was called the Dog's Bollocks, Jim. The Dog's <laughs> Bollocks, right? It's classy. Um, it's a classy. classy. And there's me being a big man, 10 years old, had to uh, shoulder under man. I t- drank, drank, drank these bottles of wine. And I threw up. I went. I, if it weren't for my older brother turning me on my front, I could have choked on my own vomit. It was that bad. And these things, these should have been like, obviously 10 years old, why am I drinking for a start? Mm. Um, just trying to, to show off or whatever. See, I started drinking when I was 13, so I totally get you. It, it, it wasn't like I was drinking all the time. It was just because mm. it was there. Like my mum my, my must have been out or something. It was with friends. Uh, had a drink. And uh, yeah, like that, that should have shown that alcohol does not work for me. Mm. Like it doesn't work for me. But you drink with friends and stuff. I'm going off on a wild tangent, Jim. But that's fine, mate. Tangents are cool, um, but yeah, like always drinking and you, you, you smoking and everything else. And you st- I stopped smoking, started drinking a bit more. And like I said, this, these eventual things being that not being comfortable with myself led me into a situation where I'd get into trouble. I'd start fights with people, you know, for no reason. Mm. Like I'd go out and drinking and I never intentionally went out to start trouble, but I'd have a few drinks. I'd get a bit wild or whatever. Wouldn't rein myself in. And then I, I was punished. And do you know what? Like, obviously, going back to where I was, I was in prison. I served four years, ten months. I eventually got my parole in April two, uh, May 2013. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, I'm grateful for the experience. I say this with my eyes welling up. But um, if, I hadn't, if I hadn't been away, who knows where, what would have happened? Who knows... Um, what would I, I could have I could I could have been dead I could have been LDN champion you know like um, yeah I'm grateful for the experience because I found like uh, again another thing I, I found progress which is ridiculous I don't say like progress is the holy grail or anything like that <laughs> but um, I've a lot to thank for you guys you know this is this is the thing is a lot is, of things have come when because good for me when we know? first chatted about this <laughs> and we were sat in that, that coffee shop in, it was in Leicester Square because I think I just I think I maybe just I, just done a bit of voiceover work or something. I mean, you and John met up, and and this is the thing I've spoke. I think I've spoke to you about this in detail. And the similar thing we were chatting at the last progress show. You were at the merch stand, and we were talking about you doing the London Marathon, and you still get emotional about this. But it's and this is the the, the powerful thing for me is is it's so easy for people in society to go. Someone went in prison and did something wrong. Now you're never denying that. You know you did something wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. And but you're also you know that you are now a 100% different person to what you were then. You know, you... you Thinking, figures changed, but yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's... And it's it's like you say, knowing that if you'd have carried on down... You needed... It's almost like you needed that intervention of, of prison to actually set you on the right path. And this is where... Unfortunately, that, that yes. Works. Yeah. You know, I mean, it would have been great if you never had to go through it. But... And I know there was, there was one story that you told me when, when we did have the initial chat about this, which was... And it was something to do with you. It was it was bringing the fact that it was an indeterminate. It's that indeterminate sentence because it's like you say. A lot of the time, people will get sentenced to four years, and they'll maybe be out in two years, and that'll be what their solicitor will say to them. But in an indeterminate sentence, no until you prove yourself worthy of being released, you ain't getting parole. Absolutely. I know the story you're referring to. I'll yeah. tell you that story. I was in a, I was in a HMP Chelmsford. For those that uh, might be curious, 
at uh, the start of my sentence. And um, what you're saying about that as well, I was I was in Chelmsford for about 15 months before I got moved on to another category prison because Chelmsford's a, a local holding prison. And this is incredible, Jim, that I'm talking a prison like yeah. this. And uh, yeah, uh, anyway, like you're saying, like I see a lot of people come in, come and go, and they're like repeat offenders. You know, it's it's very sad to see. I'd seen one guy in particular. He come in about three times within that that 15 month period, and it, when he eventually did get, he got stung hard. But that's him. That's his path. He, I've gone off. My drinking. Loads of people told me, "Martin, your drinking's bad," etc., etc. And I, people told me to blue in the face about my 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 way of drinking. But I had to see it for myself. The story in particular, I was working in the kitchens at HMV Chelsea, which was great for eating. We used to drink 10 cups of milk a day and all these sort of <laughs> fucking divvy things, try and bulk up. But anyway, I went to check my payment because you did get paid. Like, it was a pittance. It was like £15 a week you'd, you'd, you'd earn working in the kitchens, making sandwiches and the food and preparing it and whatnot with other civils in there. And I went to check my money and uh, we went on to uh, one of the guys in the, the civils. He's on the computer tapping away, da da da. My name comes up and next to it said 99 years. And, uh, you know, like obviously you see someone there say eight months, whatever, mine 99 years. And I just looked at it and I was like, my heart sank, mm. you know. I knew my situation, knew where I was, but like, I didn't realise the severity of that sentence until I'd seen that 99 years. It's like, I could be here for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, when when stuff like that obviously hits your brain, it inspires you to, clearly in your case, inspires you to actually think, I've got to do something about this. And obviously your involvement with RAPT when you're in, in, in the prison clearly made you go, right, I need to, and, and that changed your outlook. I mean, what else was there in prison that was that was inspiring you to to want to, to, want to get out of there and, and, and <sighs> turn stuff around? Um... That, I'm trying to trying to think the thing that's fine with Tom I just it's 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 hard to say like it's hard to answer the question and when I was there I just wanted to, to get do my time like my original thinking was like uh I I I I done wrong to get into prison, doing wrong ain't gonna get me out or worse that effect, you know what I mean? I knew if I start piss balling about and trying to go against the system I wasn't getting out. That loads of people said, "Oh, Martin, like look, you were saying, like, the way I came across when I first met you, professional, everything like that." Um, a lot of people couldn't couldn't comprehend why I was in in prison. For how are you in here, Martin? Do you know what I mean? You know, I can be a dick. I can be a first class dick, and I was. That's why I was there um, in the first place. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I just everything. I, I tried to do educational courses to try and. Uh, give me a better chance of employment once I got released I'd done bits and pieces I obviously followed the sentence plan that my my probation officer had set for me in terms of uh, my uh, problems with uh, my anger and drinking and thinking you know like uh, what inspired me just just to try and be better just better myself so I would go out and I wouldn't have me dick in me hands and fall into the cycle again because a lot of people worried that I'd come out and I'd get knocking back my old pals and start falling back into old routines mm. that wasn't the case when I got out my plan was like even my pal Michael I mentioned he was like oh yeah I'm doing a bit of MMA when you come out do you want to do that no I want to get back on the horse with wrestling I want to get back to training and stuff so just um, I just wanted to get my time done yeah. make sure I had some when I got out 
Uh, I tried, got into the weights and stuff when I was in there just to try and get in shape, stay in shape, just because all that keeps your mind occupied. You have something to look forward to while you're there. Also, as well, I mean, because you're, you're a big dude. Uh, right. Big. Yeah, I don't know, but, uh, we were talking about the Yanks, how big they are in terms <laughs> of the, the Americans. But you are. But I mean, you are. I mean, you. you... This is a, this is a small station. <laughs> yes, that's but, but I, because I remember first seeing you and going, oh, because often when when wrestlers are new, they look. You, you see people growing into the, their. I mean, I remember watching a, a, a video of the late Chris Travis when he was maybe nineteen, twenty years old, and he was a stick, and then he got he filled out and got bigger and bigger. And bigger. And um, he was never massive, but he was, you, you know, he looked like a wrestler when he was at the peak of his career. And you've always looked like a wrestler, right? And, and it never... Thank you. It, but it never struck me. It never struck me that, oh, he probably, when I found out about your past, it was never like, well, he probably got into doing weights and stuff there because the amount of trainees who will go to the program or whatever, and they're like, oh, I've got to lift weights. Uh, well, yeah, you've got to be able to lift a dude up. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's were you... I mean, while you're in, I mean, did you oh, find out? Me. Did you find out when you got released? Did you find out um, that? Did they sort of say to you, right, you you get out next week, or was it? Uh, how how did you find yeah, out? Yeah, um, for me as well, it wasn't as clear cut. They wanted me to, to to stay in a hostel for a period of time once I got released as well. So. Um, you had to find a hostel, which I had done. Uh, obviously, on home leaves, I, I stayed at a hostel in a... Funnily enough, just around the corner from the garage in a Highbury, in a... <clears throat> which is a shame. I never. I could have probably started uh, coming to the show from about Chapter 6 or 7. Oh, I didn't you know, know that. Unfortunately, I, my first experience with the chapters was Chapter 12. That we need a bigger room, you know, yeah. like, which was amazing. But, yeah, just uh, <laughs> another story. Um, uh, but, yeah, like... They had to find a hostel, like, I, I, my, my last parole board that eventually got released, I, I was so nervous, I get very nervous, and uh, I, like, nearly had a panic attack, I had to take a moment, they, the, the members of the board, they were like, do you want to take a moment outside, because it's just, I didn't want to have to, they didn't want them to go knock me back and say, oh, you have to do another 10 months, I really, like, obviously you want to, you want to go on, you know what I mean, like, uh, Shawshank Redemption, you know, like, when uh, Morgan Freeman's character eventually gets released, he's yeah. just like, well, well, I've done everything. What do you want me to do? Like, he just goes in there, blase, and he gets out. Like, I never went in there, blase. Just don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did. Uh, this is what I love when you're nervous, is you do go off on bizarre yeah. things, and I enjoy them. Um, uh, I've um, seen you nervous Oh, I've read, where is he now? I've read another story. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I did. I've got a date set, um, Originally, I think it might have been the 23rd of May, and I used to, every, the 23rd of every month, I don't remember it now, but it was May, yeah. and uh, I tell you this, everything seems so much brighter, and it just went, obviously once you've had it, you've, you've I don't say taken away, it was my fault, I, the reason why I got put away, but when you have everything again, it, everything was just so much greater, like even on a home leave, right, I went down to drop kicks in Perfleet, and I went and I did a training session there, and uh I'd done my research on progress and uh, I told John the reason that I was drawn to progress because I was a fan of Ring of Honor yeah. growing up and I remember the strong style element and you had a, a seminar with Raven. We were talking about wrestlers. My <laughs> lord, Raven is the geezer. He's, like, he's doing a podcast himself. Uh, I don't know why I'm... <laughs> and everyone switches up, Adam. Uh, 
But he don't even talk about wrestling, but yeah. No, Raven's, Raven's one of my heroes. I oh, I love him. in the corner of the ring he's in the progress so show, and I, I'm like, I feel like Raven. Oh, nice. Uh, but, um, like I said, you, you've done seminars with McGuinness, and I've missed the one with Raven, unfortunately. And uh, I was like, got to get down. I, I trained at drop, drop Kicks when I first got out, uh, me and Mark Hendry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hendry had been training with Drop Kicks and Progress. I was like, I'm going to get down, I'm going to get down. And I went there one Saturday with Cell, another uh, guy from Drop Kicks. I met Jimmy, and that's another story again. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus, me. I'm going to tell this story, I, I don't care. Uh, me and Cell were walking down the road where the original Proja was, or the second incarnation of the Proja was. And uh, we're walking, and I see Gemma on the way there. Uh, got there, I won't mention that part. Um, we got there anyway, and uh, Ali was out there, Rio O'Reilly was there, Ali Armstrong, that is, big yeah. old uh, geezer. Um, and I got there and I went, so, uh, is this the rugby club? And they went, no. I said, well, I hope it's not wrestling. As I uh, inevitably try and do my awkward awkward ways. I went down like a lead balloon, but um, yeah, met Jimmy and he uh, kicked the fuck out of us. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I remember saying to I, I originally trained under Justin Richards as well um, uh, for LDN and uh, his, his no-nonsense style of training, like... He'll beast you, and you'll learn so much more. Like, and I said, said it, like I said to Justin, I said to Jimmy as well. Like, I, I love the, their training, the way they train you, because I benefit so much training on the ball field, especially Jimmy. Jimmy was the one who kind of uh, rounded me off and showed me how to take heat properly and stuff. I'm still learning, of course. <coughs> but, um, That's the thing I like about you, though. You are. You're the first to say you're, you're still learning. If you wrestle someone who's been going a bit longer than you, I always see you asking for feedback and, and wanting to get better. And that's okay. and it's the same with, with everyone who's kind of come through, yeah, come through the project. Or anyone who's new, newer to, to wrestling, just watching people saying, can I have feedback, can I have feedback on this? Yeah, because you won't get better, right? And, and, and I suppose in your case, you've had, you've had more time to think about this stuff. Because presumably, when you're in, in prison for four and a bit years, you were sitting there thinking, "Well, oh, I'm going to make some plans when I'm out of it, and I'm going to, I'm going to really." If you think about how, so you see, you will have seen this when you started training. Yeah, you will have seen people who turn up and they do two weeks and they never come back. Absolutely, yeah. There was no danger of that ever happening with you. Oh no, <laughs> because no, you no. had longer to think about it. Uh, that, that as well. Like uh, another one, I'll just go back. I remember it was. Uh, I started getting power slams sent into me. Mm. Uh, power slam magazine grew up reading it and stuff. And uh, obviously, I've been out of the loop. My only other kind of uh, ways in which I could be up to date was like uh, I had the SmackDown vs Raw 2010, and I'd seen like Sheamus was there, and like this. That, I think I heard a radio advert about Sheamus being the champion. And I was like, wow, do you know what I mean? Like, I remember watching SOS on. Uh, the wrestling channel. I remember watching SOS. Oh my god, like, coming right. straight from a Dublin town, and all this fucking madness, and uh, it was incredible. And I've got this Power Slam magazine. I open it up, and who do I see walking down WrestleMania with the big gold around his waist? Only Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, you know. <coughs> and I remember watching him on the wrestling channel and thinking he's so fucking awesome. Like just the way he come out the final countdown, yeah. and he's so amazing. And like, all right, it's, it's uh, you think he's so good, but like WWE's uh. The way they had talent at the time it was like he ain't big enough to, be, mm. you know what I mean, become a getting a WWE and whatever. That's just you know like the general consensus and stuff. And seeing him with the big gold around his waist, it was like it blew my mind. You know what I mean? Like 
just yeah, I just I can't comprehend. But that's like uh, getting power slams sent in was the, the original thing. Uh, I remember people getting all nuts sent in. People <laughs> are getting uh, the, the odd razzle sent in. <laughs> I was like, and what am I getting? I'm getting power slam with Big Brock Lesnar on the fucking front of it. Jesus, the looks I was getting. But so what? Do you know what I mean? Uh, fucking, I love wrestling. I love the grats. <laughs> As for you, Mambo. <laughs> I, I, I love when, it. So when, when you came out, like, did you have to sort of report someone and go, by the way, just so you know, I'm doing wrestling? Oh right? my god, I, I still do. I'm still under, still under probation. Like, uh, um, I still have to report every so often, and uh, I have to get, you know, it's all fun, funny, you have a laugh, and then we get back to the seriousness. Um, yeah, I have to report the probation and. Uh, like even if I have to travel abroad, I know a lot of promoters are probably wondering why I have to ask about details. Where am I staying with my flights and stuff like? Because I have to report everything through this mm. channel, like you know. And no, you see, you have had a chance to, um, and I know that because one of the reasons I want to do this podcast with what's ahead of us this week is so I let people go in. Why is Pasta not coming to America? Which is kind of a it's, oh, dog. and it's and it's in some case, and I've said this to you before. Mm. I. I still believe you will get your chance to go to America. And in particular, I think you'll get your chance to go to Japan. Because I think in in Japan, they will look at you and go, hey, Bruiser Brogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bruiser Brogan is 6'6". Six, six, um. Um, but th- there's elements of, of what you do, is with me being such a mark for Japan, one of the reasons I enjoy watching you is I'm a mark for Japanese wrestler. Imagining you in, in Japan is, is it, for me, I'd, I'd love that. Because I think you're... If we just make a film of your life, your story and your redemption from from someone who, who did something wrong, has learned from his mistakes, and has worked so hard to be a success in something, whilst knowing that there may be, because of your past, there may be a ceiling on it, and you've still thrown everything in it and worked really hard. And that's why it's nice that you have had the chance to go out to Ireland, you have had the chance to go out to Germany, and you'll still keep getting those opportunities. You'll still keep that opportunities with us, and with it, you know, like it's not like are. it's not like there's not any wrestling companies in Britain now, is there? There's eight thousand. It's doing all right, isn't it? The scene's yeah. doing all right. It's but just, uh, but I think very healthy. And and that's one of the things I think is most powerful about you is that you have not you've not just sat there and gone, okay, well, some of these opportunities I might not get as soon as everybody else does because I'm still under probation and stuff like that. You've still you've gone, okay, well, I might not get them. But do you know what? I'll work my hardest to make sure. You could be so blase about what you do and go, do you know what? I'm a progress champion. I could probably, I could do a load of British shows, phone it in. And that never comes across. What comes across is you going, right, my best option for the future of my career is be really good. And then everyone will have no, no reason other than to, to listen to I hope me. So. Um, and, yeah. and, and, but I think, it's, I think it's working. You know, one of the, one of the reasons. You're. Your past was directly one of the reasons that we wanted to make you progress champion because we. What was it? My, my God given talent? And, no? And your, just... and your God given talent. <laughs> but, but, Get out it, of here. But it's, it's knowing there's, there's people who work hard, right? And then there's people who work hard and they've had adversity. And there's plenty of people, plenty of wrestlers who've had plenty of adversity yeah, in their lives. Of course, lives. I'm sure. Um, but, you know, be it, you know. Be it, be it illness, be it family problems, whatever. But the fact that you started training, had that four and a bit year gap, and then came out and went, right, I'm into this now. I mean, how long was it from 
when you got out so when you made your debut for us how, how uh, May May 2013 and I debuted November 2013 <clears throat> so you you hit the ground running like you were I, went, I, had, I had to make up for last time do you know what I mean like uh, and it, it it really and it it shocked because I remember John I, I used like, to go to the endeavours and stuff and I remember John saying to me because I used to do the commentary and I remember John going, oh yeah with that Jimmy Barnett wasn't it Jim, apparently well, it might have been it might have been still speculation but I remember John saying to me you know what I like in wrestling he's like you're like pastor and, and as I've said to you on countless occasions, I like your personality in and out of the ring. I really enjoy your work inside the ring. I think it's great. But, um, um, uh, but there's just one thing, just one thing about your you in ring, I do not like, um, and that's your fucking name. Which... <laughs> What's wrong with the name? Look, William Eva, it's the best. It's... Who came up with the name? Who I was it? Come up with the name. Uh, all right. Was it Briley? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got great ideas this uh-huh. John, doesn't he? John is, John is a genius and my business partner and I love him. Um, <laughs> but, um, but what? But, but it, I, I just, I don't like puns and I've said this before. Um, you mean it's a pun? William Eves <laughs> a pun? Educate me. Get out of here, no way. Pastor William Eva, no, no way. Because I remember being told your name and I went, I went, I'm, I'm sorry, what? And John explained it and it's a pun and I went, I've got you, I'll, I'll be honest I've never peace with it now and I've got used to it and I love the fact that let me you, get, you get the we believe chance and we get and, 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 and just being called being able to be called Pasta having a nickname like it's almost like Mick Foley's nickname like people I've seen people call Mick Foley characters still now and you've now got one of those nicknames Pasta is now your nickname forever you're not mine you're Pasta that's, that's who's mine stop talking you kept saying who's this strawberry <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good name, by the way. But so who came up with the name? It was it was Brian Eater. <laughs> to his credit, if you heard the first name he come up with, which was Evangelicist, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be forgiven for thinking William Eve was a pun. Fuck's sake. I, I remember I John not know that. John oh, like no. oh, thank you God. so much for the, the, the William Eva, because I like I just like the name personally, but Evangelicist, I remember you saying it and I was like it's too too <laughs> clever, John, you know what I mean? Too clever. When did you become aware that you might look a little bit like Jesus? I was getting it for ages, even when I was away, you know, like everywhere I go. I still, obviously, I still get it today. And I don't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't upset me. It doesn't. Uh, because, doesn't because looking at pictures of you when you were a, a, a sort of skinny kid and you were doing your I've seen pictures of you doing LDN. And you trained, this is true, isn't it? You trained at LDN with Sebastian. Yes, yeah. yes, I did. Put your shoot name in. No, no. no. <laughs> um, uh, it's Sebastian. <laughs> but yeah, but because that that I find mind blowing because both of you, I mean, he, he didn't. He, he sort of kind of was doing other stuff and then came back to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I found that I was like, because right, I remember seeing a picture on one of your Facebook walls. I remember seeing a picture and going, "No, that, that's past stuff." Because oh, no. how you look now to how you look then is everyone looks different. I. I mean, you I look a bit tell. like you, but she had thicker eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you with no beard and everything, and, and as a skinny kid, it, it's it's hard to imagine compared. Let's to that. a skinny, would you? <laughs> was, there, was there a point? Was there a point when? Because if you started going to bed and stuff, when you're, you, you presumably you're inside, like, did, did, was there a point when you're like, right, well, I think I'm going to grab a big old beard and have long hair now? Was that? 
I've, to be fair, I've always wanted to, to grow my hair, but you get to that awkward length and just retire it to say, fuck it, give us yeah. a one all over, please, French crop. Yeah. Um, same with a beard, I was always trying to grow a beard and whatnot. And uh, yeah, just persevered with it. Actually, even when I was away, I was growing it and I'd give up, I'd give up certain periods. And uh, then one time I see a lad in there who I met in the gym and uh, I saw his card, his, his prison ID. And uh, I was like, fucking hell. I said, look at you now, long hair, everything like that. And this is 2010. And uh, I said, that's it, boom. That's giving me it. And from there, just grown it since. <coughs> uh, Throw caution to the wind, who gives a fuck? And uh, yeah, like, the, the, the prison officers were giving us it. Oh, all right, Jesus, all right, <laughs> Jesus. This, that, the other, on the streets, I'd get it. And um, eventually, like, uh, even people at train used to say, when I first come to the pro job, there was another lad who I, I didn't realise at the time I met him, Ed Gamestar, um, who's a worker and uh, does bits and pieces. And uh, we were like the two Jesuses. We were joking about <laughs> at training. And, like, um, and uh, anyway, Jimmy suggested I watch a film. Like we were doing promo class one time and we were given like things to watch. And it was Red State by one of Kevin Smith's yeah, films, man. later films. I watched it. In all fairness, I just thought it was absolute drivel. But um, there was a character in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shite film, but I'm I don't really know. Jimmy having to see this. Just no more film buff he is, and the part you've got is uh, absolute drivel. Uh, it just didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Turn the table uh, over. Uh, uh, <laughs> but there was a, there was a, like a mad maniacal pastor in it, who like uh, sort of like the the West Baptist Church mm-hmm. sort of mad mad sort of stuff. And uh, that day before Endeavour Two, uh, John and Jim were talking like, "So what's what's your name going forward?" John dropping the evangelicist and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I said, what about, uh, what about Pastor Martin Kelly? You know, like I said, what do you think about that? Like I said it in a sort of like, never going to use that. And Jimmy and John look at each other and I go, yeah, 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 Pastor Martin Kelly. I said, am I using, am I fuck using my real name? Like, you know what I mean? Martin Kelly, um, lovely name, fantastic name, whoever he is. Um, but I just thought Kelly. Do you know what I mean? Wrestling-wise, like Kelly for a for a man, you know. Personally, I just think, all right, you got Kelly Slater, a surfer, and everything else. But I just, yeah, that, I'm just going to talking nonsense. Um, but then John dropped. What about William Eva? I said, yeah. Do you know what? I like the name William Eva. I like it. I genuinely, I think it's a strong name, William Eva. Do you know what I mean? And uh, he's like, do you get it? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he goes, what's William short for? Will? No, no, no. Bill. Bill Eva. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. I love it even more. I know you detest it, but come on, it could have been Evangelicus. I've made my peace, mate. I've made my peace with it. I, 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 mate, now I know it could have been Evangelicus. <laughs> and there's a worker, there is an actual worker in the States who has the same name, Evangelicus. Yeah. Oh, True story. Let's set that match up. Uh, <laughs> let's bring him over and set talking it. Talking about dream matches, uh, Christopher Daniels, he's doing all right. He's a big inspiration on uh, for me growing up, the Fallen Angel. Was he? Same, same guy, I was about 21. And pictures of him on the wall when I was <laughs> so, um, so you come out. Big pop and, for him. And you... Now, because obviously, is it part of your release that you have to... Presumably you have to get a job and stuff. So... Because you've been have you been doing pretty much the same? Because you have still have a, a shoot job. And you've been, have you yeah. been doing pretty much the same job for pretty much, yeah. <clears throat> which is, I mean, look, down to give you some Roughly, what do you do apart from the wrestling? Uh, working, uh, what do you say, construction, stroke, railway industry. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, 
Which is quite... It's, I was talking to my sister about this, and she said it's quite common for, for people who have been in prison to work... work to to make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I know that you work, you work legitimately hard at this. You take it seriously. You're not the sort of person to... This is wrestling, not, not the yeah. real-life no. fucking work, the <laughs> job. Oh, Jesus. But, no, but, you, but, you, but you, you, you... Again, that... I suppose having your freedom taken away from you and doing a job in a prison where you're getting 15 quid a week and then when you come out and get in a legit job is again I think that reflects on your work ethic with everything else it's like I said before there's times when you've wrestled on progress shows or you've come just to set the ring up and you've worked you've worked nights and you've come along Oh, apologise to me for being late when you're like five minutes late and you've just worked nights and, and, yeah. and I think that again that, that work ethic has always played into my perception of you being a hard worker and, and it's not just it's like people know that I work people will look at my, me and go he does 20 minutes on stage he does a podcast and writes the old thing you, don't, you can't work hard and I was explaining the other day I work 12 hours a day because I'm always either thinking or writing or creating or driving somewhere <laughs> and, and I think that work ethic that you've got away from wrestling seems to have reflected within wrestling. And obviously you still need... Wrestling's a fantasy world and you can't... You know, you can probably only wrestle three times a week because that's when shows tend to be. Yeah, yeah. You can't... You can't necessarily... You, you still have to have a, a job to ground you. And, I mean, you're... I think you've told me this before. Your work are pretty cool with you being a wrestler as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah, well, you yeah. know... Uh, like uh, my 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 foreman, uh, he tells me about his kids, and they keep going. Oh, this this John Cena fellow, is this John Cena? <laughs> Don't know, never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> Big JC, never heard of him. I know another JC, um, but uh, yeah, like uh, they try and give a stick. I know when I, I was actually showing uh, a match. I showed the Sebastian, uh, the last match of Sebastian. The one with uh, the scar. Yeah, the the, the, the old crucifix, Mars bar. The crucifix bar. The crucifix bomb. Into some chairs. Oh yeah, the, the, the lashings, the lashings. Yeah. Jesus, and Mary and Joseph, them lashings. Oh, oh God. A lot of people, when I did the little Progresses 5 thing this week, a lot of people picked that match out as their favourite match ever, oh, which shows that a lot of you are very sick. Oh, um, uh, sadistic. It was. Because obviously with that, and I don't want to go into too much detail about where we were going to go with it initially, because I don't want to... Like, it's a back, secret. But, because we know. Um, but, what I think... Is interesting is is you guys yourself and Sebastian you all deserve credit for this and, and all the people who were over the periphery like Chuck Mambo, Jack Sexsmith. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We took something that happened at Brixton Academy, which is an accident happening in the ring with, with the, the first match that you guys were meant to have uh-huh. that was kind of meant to stop things. That yeah. they did. And then we've had the <coughs> you guys had to bring people into it. And I know from looking at fan reaction to it, people were like, okay, all right, that happened, and now this is happening. All right, and then it gradually it built to something that that match I knew would be good because I trust both of you. But that match was it, it exceeded our expectations, it exceeded the fans' expectations, and made something genuinely special because people got the genuine. People were looking at it going, "These two, these two hate each other. This is a pro, It's a proper feud." I genuinely hate Sebastian. <laughs> it's it's difficult to get proper feuds in indie wrestling when so many people are preoccupied with putting together a dream match of we've got this person coming over and this person who's already here who's great so we'll put them together and yeah everyone will watch it but there's no drama there whereas what you guys provided both of you relatively inexperienced 
still doing that in front of 700 people and doing a gimmick match and having it mean something mm. is I, I'm so proud I'm so proud of both of you for that match because I thought it was genuinely great I'm, I, you know I think um, I, one of my favourite things to do is when people tweet me and go oh why is Sebastian on shows I hate him that's why you hate him that's the point he's a heel you're meant to hate him you were a heel to start with as well weren't you this is what I was saying about like the, the being a face and getting over getting over yeah. as a face because you were because when you were in um, you were in that the, the three way natural progression series match that's right me man bowling uh, Ali Armstrong and, and Ali which Ali Ali won that didn't he Ali won yeah. over here what um, does that mean and that was was that chapter, chapter 12 wasn't it 14 14 right so fun the bastard so and it was amazing seeing that, that was all, we were on something special with all three of you and it's a shame that Ali's had to retire really because he was great he's a good man um, but what was amazing was was seeing how the fans reacted to because I, I did my thing on my phone and went these guys were from the Projo so you know showed a bit of love and you guys came out and they were people lost their minds over the three of you and the match was really good it was it was well put together yeah yeah <coughs> I do say so myself it was, it was really good and and, and that was a point where, for all three of you, we were like, we might be onto something special here. But you were still trying to act sort of the heel in that match, and it was like, you, you couldn't, you couldn't still make, but it, the reaction you got there was people were like, I want to cheer the dude who looks like Jesus, this is fun. Um, it's not bad for Ali. Ali will know the one-two boo situation, but... Uh, <laughs> With, yeah, better man lost. I mean, do you, he goes, I mean, forgive me for not being massively familiar you. with your work outside of progress because I, I never get much chance to watch much stuff outside of progress. But you, you tend to does it tend to carry forward that you're a babyface of progress, and and then if you're working for other companies, you're you're still a babyface there. Are you are you a mixture still? Um, certain companies they'll obviously they'll be aware of me. I mean, the fans will be aware of me from progress, my progress work. So they tend to cheer me. Um, uh, I do stuff up leads for Rise and. Uh, I'm a I'm a villain and it's so I love it so much because it's just uh, I have fun. I say villain and just considering what we've been talking about, um, East End. Um, yeah, it, it they tend to cheer me, but like the the Flash when I first started with Flash, I was obviously so brand new, green, inexperienced, etc. Like I didn't know how to I'm, I didn't know how to get get heat or be a villain. I just went out there trying to because my, in my head I'm just thinking church, you know. Etc. You're thinking you're going to get a negative response, you yeah. know what I mean? It's considering no one wants uh, views forced down there. Also, we're a very secular society. Yeah, yeah, the, so. the majority of people, not majority of people, are atheists, but majority of people are not as religious as they were ten, fifty years ago. So yeah, to yeah, to yeah. to an extent. And um, again, I, I I don't offend people with my character. I don't intend to. That's not my intention. But yeah, like I went out there and I got cheered. I don't know. Maybe people think beard and long hair and. Jesus is cool. Who knows? Like uh, <laughs> these things could all play a part. And uh... see, I find there's, there's elements to your personality that I find fascinating. Um, uh, just from getting to know you outside of the room, and, and one of them is the fact that you are. I mean, I think probably eight times out of ten times I see you, you're wearing a t-shirt with Morrissey on it. <laughs> Well, I'm like we get one of those pictures for this podcast thing. Uh, it's a beautiful t-shirt. It's a lovely um, t-shirt. Stanley got me this for me uh, in Denver, I think it was. He came to you. So now I'm so I'm I'm ten years old than you, right? Now I I'm slightly too young to have been a, smack, a fan of the Smiths the first time around. I was going to say a fan of Smack. <laughs> but that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? 
Um, so I'm slightly too young to have been a fan of the Smiths the first time around, but discovered them when I was at university and got into music and whatever. So, and again, the traditional stereotype of a lad who, uh, who you know, is from North London originally, right? Uh, North, uh, well, actually East, Homerton, I was born. So, a lad who's from East London and a lad who's, who's you know, has been to prison and stuff, not necessarily associated with one of the most sensitive songwriters of all time in Morrissey. So when did, the, when did you look... Because, I mean, one of my favourite bits of merch ever is the Pastor is Dead t-shirt that you do, which is <laughs> fucking unbelievable. Uh, and the Blessed in the World one. I've got to show you... Our friend Rob, Rob, Rob Ravalski designed the Blessed Absolutely. in the World one, which is great. And uh, he, had, he had a hand in doing the, the, the Believe one, a picture of that uh, muscle white took for us uh, actually at the ballroom because it was just a, a thought in my head a flipper I don't know because I think the, the Queen is Dead was like 30 years yeah. 30 years old uh, the, the Swifts album and I, I, it was a coincidence that I got the shirt done and then that happened but for some reason I thought yeah the pastor is dead because yeah, it was like I think we were slowly edging away from the pastor and stuff yeah. and uh, yeah great t-shirt um, I was going to say a pal of mine Tommy Jacobs who I actually met whilst I'm away he has another story his own story, he's, a, he's actually a boxer, he's getting into it, he's having his own thing. He put a picture on my wall yesterday, I'll show it to you, yeah. where he's got my t-shirt. You seen the Silence of the Land Buffalo Bill? Yeah. I'm painting a picture here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's got his top on, he's got my, my Believe shirt on, and he's doing a Buffalo Bill impression. But that's another story, <laughs> alright? So yeah, um, when, did, when did you, when did you, because I can't imagine you, well, you, you went into the Smiths when you were like 17, 18, right? Uh, no, I wasn't actually. Um, I was always kind of like uh, I don't know, like my, my my musical tastes go all around all around the houses. Uh, I tend to go towards sort of like uh, a bit of new metal, rock, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Uh, country and western, uh, all sorts. But um, I'd heard little bits of uh, Morrissey and the Smiths. Like, look, you hear like a song on the radio on Absolute or whatever. And uh, I remember um, one of the first songs I heard of his was uh, it was a Smiths. Um, what difference does it make? Mm. It's funny because all men have secrets and here is mine, so let it be known. There's a lyric in it. I don't know why I just said that, but I did. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing that. I thought, that's an incredible song. And even when I was away, there was on Channel 4, they used to show songs at night and it was, I'm throwing my, my arms around Paris, Morrissey again. And it was a great song and I really loved it. And I was drawn to it, but I never really done much research or didn't really have the chance. And it was in prison that I actually, I was on a course Alcohol-related violence was the course, and uh, I got talking. Don't know how I got talking to someone in that, on that course about the Smiths, and I said, "What difference does it make?" And uh, the mate, mate said, uh, "I forget his name." He's like, oh, "I've got a few of their albums. Do you want a loan of them?" Oh, nice. And he borrowed us the "Louder Than Bombs" and uh, "Strange Ways." Here we come, ironically. <laughs> Which is fairly ironic. Chelmsford, here I am. Um, and anyway, I listened to it, and I bloody, I just, just. I loved it. I loved everything about the, the music, the words. You know, everything resonated with me to a degree because like Morrissey talks about pretty much everything in his songs, and a lot of people uh, get the impression that he's miserable, like from the way his he songs are hilarious. Yeah, exactly. He's he's an incredibly witty uh, individual, and I, I'd I, love to meet him. Um, I have to ask you: Have you read his autobiography? I've got his autobiography. I, I, I get autobiographies, I get books, I read them, and I just kind of tend to wait. I've got to see that Morrissey and Marr, The Severed Alliance, there. Uh, never read it, but it's a good book. Bizarrely, like William Regal tweeted the other day about Johnny Marr's autobiography, which apparently is excellent. Oh, yeah. Which I'm going to get um, this week, I think. But 
Morris's autobiography, unfortunately, I, I was so excited about it. Got oh it yeah, came yeah. Out and, and it is. Oh my god, places auto dribble. Yeah, <laughs> he just he's so dramatic with his writing. Like, come on, mate. Like, I understand. It's, you know? it's like all, all we wanted to know. We wanted to read it and go, come on, just tell us the truth about your life. Come on, because yeah. you're so secretive. He, um, he. It's weird for me because I remember. I think. It's quite a sensitive teenager. I remember listening to the Smiths and going, oh, it speaks, it speaks directly to me. And what's really weird is I went even see, see Morrissey once and it was um, uh, around the time of his album which had uh, uh, First of the Gang to Die and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, we Are the Quarry. That's the one, we are the Quarry. Great album. And I went to see him and what struck me was there was a lot of blokes there who were maybe 10 years older than me. Like proper hard geezers. Yeah. Crying their eyes out. Oh, it's, it's, and it, it's such a weird experience. You're like, because you've been seeing him. I've seen him three times, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's such a, you're like, these are proper heterosexual white geezers. Yeah. And they're watching him, like, in tears. And it's like, I, I don't. He's, that that response to his music is, is so it cool. Is, it's, you can't. I, um, I, I drove past the uh, Salford Boys Club, you know, where the. The, one of the yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, uh, I remember driving past it and thinking, I, I, next time I drive past it, I'm gonna stop, take a picture, and send it to past it. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick one. Uh, the first time I got booked for Manchester Progress, right? It was great. I was like, yeah, Manchester. But I was like, yes, I go to Salford's last club and get a picture. <laughs> so it was the big tag match and everything. Done the tag match, and like my big, my main thing was, how do I get to Salford Lads Club? How do I done the match? It was interval. I fucked off. Went out um, looking. I had to get. I had to get a bus to bloody wherever it was down here. Bosch ran houses. Got there. It was pitch black. All you've got is a little corner shop. There's hardly anyone about. It's right, right, rough around there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, you'll be wondering when to get caught overnight time around there. I went into this shop when I said, "Your one's probably had it thousands of times." I said, "I hate to do this." I said, "Would you please? Would you be able to get a, a picture of me outside of the next house?" He's like, "I can't leave shop." Fair play, all right. Went out and I got a, a ropey selfie, which I never use, but the fact that I'd made the pilgrimage, as it were, yeah. to it. I did not realise this in this <laughs> It was a mind. bigger pop. I had to walk all the way back. I just about made it in time for the, the main event, which might have been... I think it was Marty and Hero. She's that a I caught. Yeah. Not so bad match. Yeah, I didn't miss uh, that. So, let's fast forward. So, we're coming out, you got you know back into wrestling and, and you know, and you... You certainly picked things up quickly, and we noticed you were you were certainly getting a following, and you were the fans were paying attention, and the fans cared about you, which is you know the the important thing. Whether people love you or hate you, you want people to care whether you win or lose. Absolutely, and, yeah. and when you and when you won the National Progression Series, everyone sort of went, "Oh, that's good." And obviously, part of winning the National Progression Series is you get you get a title shot at any time that you so choose. <laughs> um, and so you won the title, you won that, and you cashed in your title shots uh, against Marty's girl. Uh, including one of my so putting that match together, uh, putting the first match together, which was Marty's girl and Tommy End. Marty beats Tommy by usual nefarious villain. Yeah. Marty's girl means because he's very good at that. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's a wonderful moment where, and this was this was me thinking about it as as a. Someone who would love to make films but does not have the talent to do so. There's a wonderful moment of you stood on the stage. You, a man who resembles Jesus a little bit, stood on the stage next to Tommy End, a man who is essentially <laughs> Satan. 
<laughs> and him sort of looking at you as if to go, I give you full permission to do this. And, and I know you, you, I know you've got a lot of time for Tommy because one of the the first things that, that really helped you make an impression on Progress fans was uh, yourself and Mambo, Sweet Jesus, wrestling the Sumerian Death Squad. SDS, yeah. And and uh, again, people have bought that match up and gone to me this past week with us celebrating our fifth anniversary, and they bought it up and gone. That was it was a great match, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, it was. I forgot how good a match it was. I I had come straight from a night shift. Uh, I remember we fin- I finished I think about nine o'clock. Got straight to the ballroom. I was running on bloody empty, running on fumes, coffee and everything else. And we're going over the match. Tommy's going over the match. Duh, 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 and I was just glazed over. He was like, yeah, everything all right? You're all right? I was, <coughs> obviously, it's a, it's a one thing being on the stage at uh, Camden for, for you guys at Progress, but it's another working with like Tommy and uh, Dante. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was... Uh, we 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 done we done well we done all right me and man we uh, we held our own you know considering yeah. two very big uh, players in the business as Michael Dante and uh, Tommy End yeah and it's we'll get to the actual title win in a sec but it's, are there, who are the people I mean obviously you mentioned Jimmy Howard because he's massively involved in mm-hmm. your training um, who are the other people sort of around around British wrestling even if whether they're British even if they're the guys who've come over who are the people who've really sort of helped you along your career and given you really good advice and given you the matches that have, have helped sort of form you into what you are now? Um, I tend to take bits and pieces away from uh, loads of places. Uh, I was training at Progress and I was tra- training at Lucha Britannia. Uh, bet- I was going between the two. And actually my, my, my lariat actually come from a, a training session at Lucha. Me and Tom Dawkins, we were doing a, a sequence called The Barber's Trizan. Uh, if you know, you know the best. And uh, basically involves a back elbow yeah. and a, a switch uh, and a whip. And uh, uh, Tom Dawkins has gone for this back elbow and I haven't ducked in time and I fucking caught all of that bad boy right on the schnoz. Mm. And he's claret everywhere. Fortunately, I didn't break my nose or anything like that. But took a second uh, dusted myself or wiped myself we'd done the sequence again and what it was was I'd, I'd done it with Flash the, this this line and uh, uh, basically done the, the switch gone under shot him off and then as he's as I've come to throw the back elbow I've changed it and just fucking bah, fucking <laughs> I gave uh, Dawkins uh, all of it and uh, everyone popped for it at the, at the thing uh, yeah. at the training and uh, I remember a big Chris George who was at the he was at the very first pro gel session which I wasn't uh, but he was like, I've never popped for a clothesline before. That was incredible. And I uh, thought, fuck me, yeah. I must, I must take this forward. And uh, so, yeah, bits and pieces. Um, so Greg Burridge and Gary Vanholm had a, had a bit of a little bits and pieces I've taken from there. Like little uh, seminars, clinics that I've been to. Like I went up to Brookside in Leicester. And uh, just the little intricacies of things. Uh, um, Dave Taylor, uh, Drake Works. Uh, Drake, I never get to say Drake Younger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Volta. Um you know, like, <coughs> little bits and pieces, uh, loads of people, Darrow Allen, um, who was, uh, t- took over from Jimmy, like, a, a lot from him, because he's an incredible trainer, as is James Davis as well, JV. Mm, absolutely, both good. Great. Yeah, really, really great guys. Um, loads of people, even the guys, obviously, I'm very fortunate to have worked with, I mean, the calibre of guys I started uh, working with for Progress, like, helped me significantly. I mean, Noam Dar, uh, Jack Gallagher, Tyler Bay, the list is endless. Uh, Whippy, Whippy at bloody f- download, night five, do you know what I mean? Like, all these things, were, you, you take little bits and pieces away, you know? You get the, the advices, as it were. And, uh... I always love, 
seeing how senior wrestlers are with newer guys. And again, it's the sort of thing that always makes me feel really proud when I see I see senior wrestlers really taking the time to give feedback and, and be like, it, it, a great example of this in, in our locker room at the minute. Even though he's a, he's a senior guy because he's been wrestling for seven years, but he's 23, is Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn will sit anyone down and go, and he's got a brain for it. Like, I... I compl- if, if, I, if I had an idea, I'd go to Pete and go, what do you think of this? Because he gets, he gets exactly how to do it. And it's nothing to do with his WWE contracts or anything like that. It's all to do with him. Just He loves wrestling and he gets it. And he gets, he gets all the physicality. And at the minute, he clearly loves doing the indie wrestling as well as others do the WWE stuff. But he gets all that. But at the same time, he gets the storytelling aspect of it. He gets everything. And I know, 22? 23. 23, excuse me. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. It's... Um, it's getting old, isn't he? It's even more, I was talking to Tyler Bate yesterday, I realised that when Tyler's not out of shape, he looks older than me, and yet he's 18 years younger. Oh my dear. <laughs> is he just turned 20 his time, isn't he? <laughs> I love his look at the minute. Very Ronnie Cray. I bloody love it. You know, like, oh, well, it's... there's a, they were selling a picture, the British Strong Style was selling a picture yesterday. And I, I love, I know, storyline-wise, they're villains. Reality-wise, they're fantastic lads, right? And there's... There's a picture of the three of them that I think Ollie Sandler took. And he takes great pictures. That right? perspective, yes. And, and he took a picture of them uh, all dressed smartly holding their title belts. So Trent's got his ICW belt, Pete's got a progress belt, and uh, Tyler's got the WWE UK belt. And, wear, and he's wearing glasses. Oh, and and, and he, he, he looks he, there is a, there's an element of, he looks a little bit like Russell Crowe in, uh, in a couple of shots of him recently as well. It's like... And because they've started dressing smarter and the whole sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this thing, they it's like, oh, yeah, you so you have got, oh, you're good at this, yeah. guys. Well done. Um, it's the business. So you won the title, um, and so we did a thing on Progress's Twitter this week, which is Progress's Five. You can look at it, hashtag Progress's Five. And what we did was we said, what's everyone's favourite moment in five years of Progress? And there were certain things that, that came up a lot. Um, if I was to pick a few things that came up the most would be Will Ospreay winning the title against Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc winning the title in the first place. Um, uh, the, uh, some of the surprises we've done, like Roderick Strong and uh, Adam Cole just wandering out of the show. Runs. Um, but one thing that came up a lot, a lot, like dozens and dozens of times, was when you won the title. Because it was, it was like an amazing moment of joy that people probably didn't expect to happen. They probably thought we'd put you, eh, we put you in a title match, and, and then that'd be, you know, that'd be that. Um, but what we actually did was we put the title on you. Now we didn't put the title on you. We didn't put the title on you for long, which we, I know you always do. But it, I mean, how did it? And, and for me, like, there's not much. I get emotionally invested in wrestling. I will tell you right now, there is, there's been outside of the stuff I've said when I'm doing my speeches about how much it, it means to me to be a wrestling promoter. There's there's certain things in the ring that have have nearly made me cry, right? And I'm I don't cry much, right? One was you should cry more, Jim. <laughs> the one was the yeah. one was the first the reaction the crowd gave to the first women's match we put on a chapter show. Which was uh, Pollyanna against Ginny, uh-huh. and the fact that the crowd were 
respectful and awesome and the fact that both ladies worked incredibly hard and had a brilliant match that got me that really got me really um, good match and the other time it got me was you winning the title and part of it was the relief of I, I suggested the idea the relief <laughs> of the works and people have just gone for fuck's uh, sake right like the part of it is, but, but the main part of it was by this point I'd known I knew about your past and and <sighs> to to know that you've been on that journey, worked really hard, and now, even though at the time we knew it wasn't going to be for long, we, but we, you have the title. That's the, the length is relevant, yeah. Yeah, people lost their mind over it. <clears throat> you know, just we, I remember us putting, James Russell, I took a lovely picture of you at the title bar, and I was put the, put a picture of the next day on the Facebook page, and people were like, the f- this is fucking tremendous, because they did not see this coming. Um, <laughs> it was a nuts moment. I think it was Rob Brazer. Was it Rob? The I, I, I <laughs> They're both awesome workers. Yeah. Both awesome. Uh, but like this is this is the thing going back to like being nervous and stuff. Honest to God, like I'm I'm behind the curtain. Um, I know my spot when I need to come out, and I've honestly like I I I've, you know I'm I'm getting better with, in terms of nervous before a, sh- a match and stuff like that. But uh, I honestly I I I'm, I nearly collapsed waiting because the, yeah. the nerves because. Like you, you said, got to stay there for a whole match as well. Oh, and it was a fucking fantastic match. That wasn't the the, the the concern. It was just like, like you're saying, how how are the fans going to react to this? Yeah. Like you don't know. There's like you can never be. Uh, that's a bit of advice. You can never expect. You can never go out there expecting people to like you. The prime example, either uh, either me and Flash uh, thing. I'm going to go out as the villain. I got a bit of a cheer, which made. Flash's job harder was meant to be the villain being introduced etc yeah. but I'm there and I'm so nervous trying to get a pump on a few press ups and whatnot, and like legs are going fucking butterflies all the rest of it and uh Tommy's on the stage the music hits boom pop fuck like and even that like another thing I'm trying to learn is just listening to the crowd because you get lost you know what I mean like I get lost more, more to the point but yeah boom come out the business fucking looking at Tommy, Tommy, Tommy gives me the fucking the nod, Bosch goal, the see you, say it to your time, cash in, Bosch, uh, don't kill Marty with the lariat, you know what I mean? All these <laughs> things are in your head, you know? <coughs> Wait for the bell and all this, that, and the other, and then obviously the, the free and the, honestly, like, 700 people, like, they did, they they all lost it and in unison, enjoying it, you know what I mean? Enjoying the moment, like, and oh god like because obviously like it's a big deal I knew the crack I knew it was coming but still do you know what I mean it's still like there like Roberts I'm on my knees giving it Roberts I'm like get on your feet pastor on your feet but I'm overwhelmed I'm surprised I've made it to the fucking mm. ring without collapsing it was a sheer fucking fright but yeah man like Riley cried his eyes out oh do you know what I mean I'm John oh John Evan Jellicus <laughs> John he was like there's my Evan Jellicus <laughs> um, he um because there's, there's brilliant shots of you being crowds. Oh man, like uh, that was it. Like I wanted to run and dive into the crowd, but like I don't want to kill anyone. You know what I mean? Not um, my form. But um, how did you, know, you like, feel when we told you we were going to do it? Because I remember, yeah, because it was like Glenn's. We'd done the face to face and stuff, and uh, the belt was there. Like it's surreal. It's like things like that. I can't. It's very difficult. It's uh, I'm trying to think of something similar. It's just. You can't believe it. It's like working download and Sonosphere and all that and the other. Like these are and fucking Brixton even. It's so overwhelming. It's just it's hard to take in at times. You know what I mean? It's an amazing opportunity. Look at the caliber of guys and stuff. I, I still get it like that now. I get it with both comedy and wrestling. It's like yes, yesterday being our fifth, fifth anniversary show. I spent most of the day just going, 
have we been doing this for five years? Just three idiots. How have we been doing this? How have we made this a success? When, you know, we're moderately successful in our other forms of work, but we've made this like really good, and I don't know how it's right. It's mad, isn't it? It's it's mad. And also, as well, because I said this to John the other day, because in the world of comedy, like the carny world of wrestling, you're allowed to say, this is the best thing that's ever been done, ever, right? And you're allowed to sell stuff like that. In comedy, you're not. You can't like fly as someone to come and see your show in Edinburgh by going, please come and see this. This is the greatest show you'll ever see. Because then they'll come and go, no, he no, isn't. It's, it's not a bit, isn't but it? that level of hyperbole is totally acceptable in wrestling. You can't go, uh, you should buy a ticket for this. It's going to be the greatest show of all time. And normally, we're lucky we can normally back up that most shows tend to be at least very good. Um, we've not had an awful one yet. Still time. It's a lot it's of shows left. Absolutely. A lot of shows left this year. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I think it's always going to be it's always going to be one of my one of my favourite moments in the history of our company because it, it just the joy of everybody and everybody went away from that show just like anything can happen on a progress show and it's that thing if anyone's into football that thing that you have so when when Leicester won the league last year the person I was most excited for and played for Leicester was Andy King who's played for the youth team since he was sixteen because he's one of ours he's not actually from Leicester he's from he's from London. Um, but he's he's one of ours and he scored in our last home game of the season and I remember being delighted not just because I put a 10 on it but I remember being <laughs> delighted and I remember being delighted because it was like yes we've won the league we've won it for him because he's been here for 10 years and he's played league one and I was in the league and it's brilliant and I think we got that with uh, with you and with anyone who's who people know has come through the pro show it, it's always that that link of oh, he's one of ours and the same with the girls there are and, and we've helped shape them and now and now this has happened and this is going to help and, it, and it's it's just it, it will never stop being one of my favourite moments I remember um, just it it, it it really got to me just how how excited and happy people were you didn't see a single person going no, no. even people who are Marty fans you saw people in, like in these chicken wing t-shirts going yeah, this is pretty fucking cool, guys. Come on. Yeah. You know, it popped me like uh, <laughs> he's a he's a fan of progress. I'm Daniel Ellis. I see him like, and he's very reserved in his ways and very opinionated. But we all are. And even he was giving it on the, the <laughs> relay, like, Cheers, brother. You know what I mean? Like, and like, look, like, like I say, like at the time, everyone was like really enjoying themselves, getting into it. Like, I, I was probably obviously being the man with the belt. I was the one who was. I I was loving it. I was lapping it. I was mental. I think uh, we must have played the the Peshmol's personal Jesus. The Peshmol get in contact. I want to use your, your song, please. But um, <laughs> I love yours. Uh, but yeah, like it must have played about three times. And uh, well, yeah. Because do you remember? Do you remember the last words I said to you in the ring? The last words you said in the ring. So I gave you a hug in the ring. Yeah. But the reason oh, yeah. you gave me a hug was to go. <laughs> Fuck off, mate. We really want to stop the show now. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been celebrating was, for the last 27 minutes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the, the batch of regression win as well. I was, I was talking all sorts of things, putting Stephen Elliott over and everything else. And he's taking the mic off and I was like, shit, let me put Moser over. Moser. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. Um, but yeah, like, uh, oh my God, yeah. Just, I, I, just being able to, I, I couldn't truly like appreciate the madness that was going on around me because the madness in my head was overbearing itself and uh, getting old Penny into the ring to put the belt on. She done a fantastic job with that and all. Cheers, Penny. I, I think it, <laughs> it, it was just, 
it, it kind of it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about your past and be, and be open about it is because I genuinely think when people come and see you at the merch stand or whatever you have got a character but you are you are a people person you're good to talk to and you're a nice guy and I think knowing that someone that everyone looks up to you know in, in wrestling and respects the fact that you you've done very well very quickly um, everyone looks up to and everyone knows he's a good dude and knowing who are we talking about I'm confused man what's going on here and every but for people to know that you've what you've overcome to get to where you've got to just make I mean the story in itself if the story was just man trains a couple of years later as progress champion that'd be fine but the fact that the story is all this adversity comes out super focused to get trained within six months of being out is, is wrestling within a couple of years of that is progress champion and you know, even and, and that in itself is like I can't. You know, it's 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 mad. It's, I can't. You know, and, it, and it's and it's proof. I that never would have expected it. You know, I mean, you not expect it to be for all the because obviously, and you'll be aware of this because I know you're doing stuff with with wrapped and stuff like that. There's, there's always the statistic that people always bandy about is the, the, the stereotype even is that someone goes to prison, they're going to come out, they're going to do something again, they're going to go back to prison. A revolving that, door. Yeah. yeah, that happens with a lot of people, and I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't happen with you. you. You you identified your problems when you were in prison, addressed them, came out, and you know, and you're a happy, awesome, functioning member of society. You just fucking get on with it. You work harder, and you want a, you want to wrestle, and you're doing it. Now, you are running the London Marathon, aren't you? This is true. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, so I, I, I was training to do it last year, and they got injured, um, uh, which wasn't fun. Um, how's the training going, first of all? Um, I'm in the taper as uh, James Moss White. James Moss White, who's a fantastic portrait uh, photographer, uh, portrait of a wrestler. Yeah. Just getting you out there. He, I never knew this. Like We were, we, we had a meal uh, a couple of months ago, January, wherever it was. And uh, I was like, I want to run the London Marathon, James. Dun, 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 like, and he was like, you, you do know I run a running club, don't you? Mm. I was like, what? I've known James for about two, three, two and a half years or whatever it is. And I never knew that. How ignorant yeah. am I? But um, he's ran nine bloody marathons as well. Like, and, uh, yeah, it seems like every other weekend he's run like a 10K. So yeah, this is the thing. Like, and, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm really. He's like, uh, are you sure you really want to do this? So I was like, yeah. He goes, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I'll give you uh, training advice and stuff like that. And he's been uh, giving us uh, distances to run, little cheat cardio gimmicks and uh, stuff like that. And I've been sticking them to him as much as I can, trying to get at least three runs a week out. But um, yeah, because like, at the minute you're working nights and wrestling as well, right? Oh my god, yeah. And I'm trying to trying to trying to get trying to get hench, you know what I mean? Trying to do all these things, it's very difficult trying to stay relatively sane in, as well in between, um, get adequate sleep and, and have a life as well. You know, what's what, I mean? what is one of these? Yeah, <laughs> life. Uh, I don't know what it is. Wrestling is life, isn't it? <laughs> is that another podcast? I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, training like at the minute it's a taper. I only had one run last week. Sorry, James. Sorry, Raps. Sorry, Martin. You know, whoever he is. And, uh, but yeah, just taper is just like little easy runs. I didn't know what taper was. So I'm going to try and educate the fans and all. Or the people I only found out when I was reading up on it um, when I was trying to do my training last year. And it is, it is it's sort of, because you can't, because the marathon's soon, isn't it? It's the 23rd of April, so yes. It's 10 days progress. progress, yeah. Um, Probably shouldn't book past the two. Yeah. 
I was going to do it last year as well, Jim, right? And I was talking to John, and I was like, John, I want to run the marathon this year. I know it falls on the same day as Progress, which happened to be the MPS final. And he was like, well, I kind of want you to put a match on a, a relatively good match, 10, 12 minutes or whatever it was. Uh, you're not going to be able to do that running a marathon. I was like, you sure? <laughs> All right, John. And, uh, I, was and I, was, I was meant to do it last year, and then I pulled out because of injury. And I kept saying, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be able to ring it now. And, and uh, people kept going, you won't, mate. You'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Just I ran, ran uh, the last long run I did last Sunday. The Sunday before last, sorry. Um, I'd done 18 miles. And, yeah, like, it was it was easier than a previous long run. But, yeah, you're fucked. And that's, there's still another eight miles of the 26.2 uh. that needs to be done. So, but, uh, but you are doing this for charity, and you mentioned you're doing it. So, Rapt, uh, who you mentioned made a huge difference in your life, are who you're doing it to raise money for. Yes. Now, presumably, people will be able to donate money to this. Have you got you got like a Just Giving page and stuff like I that? I have a Just Giving page. Um, it is uh, <coughs> justgiving.co.uk forward slash run pastor run, not pastor, as I'd usually say, P A S T O R, not P A S T A. Just so you know, um, <laughs> please, uh, if you can, just spare a few quid. Um, it's well appreciated. My target's two grand. I think I've got about 700. Every little helps. You know, if I don't hit 2K at the end of the day, as long as I hit 26.2 miles, it doesn't matter. As long as I raise awareness and a few quid for wrapped. Um, 700 quid's good going. And um, I mean, if, you, if you're not too exhausted to drag yourself to progress on the 23rd, oh, sure, man. I'm sure if you bring a bucket with you, we'll oh, probably chuck some Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like... Uh, <laughs> If you if you allow me, I'd be more than happy to uh, come even come into the ring. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> put a match on. Uh, it's it because give it a go. But I, I, it's a good I, you know. And hearing you speak so we were in a chat when you were at the Motor Stone last show. Hearing you chat so positively about it and, and wanting to wanting to do something and help make a difference is is a good thing. Because again, rap made a difference to you, made Absolutely. you wake up to the person you could be, and you know I, I think it's. It's a great thing for people to, to support. And, and sometimes people look at charities like that and go, oh, well, it's, it's out of my frame of reference because it's something it's something to do with people who are in prison, it doesn't. But I think hearing your story is the sort of thing people go, do you know what? Like A couple of quid here and there really does help a dif- make a difference to people. And, it, and it, it, can change, it can change the society for the better because, like you say, you came out of prison and because you'd met Raps and, and Raps had made a difference to you in prison, uh-huh. you came out and everything had changed for the better. Absolutely, and, absolutely. like um, the real, the, the biggest thing that helped me like make the, the firm decision that it says it on my just giving page in the description and stuff. I attended uh, the Rat um, Rat reunion 2012. It was because um, they they hold like a big uh, convention, if you will, a reunion of all the graduates and stuff. Um, people who are in the community and also a couple who are inside. They'll come and uh, bring them to a uh, King's Cross or whatever. It's a really nice venue. And everyone gets up and they have their, their shares and, uh, you know, stories of uh, how people have overcome their addiction and stuff like that. And really, like, um, I'd, I'd been to some meetings and stuff, but I went to this, this reunion and I sat there and, like, a lot of people were going there for the wrong reasons. But that's, that's neither here nor there. When I say that is, they were looking at a few guys going, just get out for the day or whatever. Yeah. I went there and I, I sat and, honestly, the, the, the feeling I, I felt was so overwhelming. It was amazing. Like, just, I can't... Um, it's it's almost like a higher state of consciousness, if you will. Like just you're in you're in a room of like-minded individuals. The, the best way to describe it would be at a progress show, for example, where everyone is there together to enjoy themselves. We're all here for the same purpose to see see wrestling. Um, 
but yeah, went there and listened to the stories and of how people have overcome and stories that you can relate to, you know, mm. that I could relate to more, more to the point. And uh, I just realised that people, they do the countdown, how many days have you been clean, da 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 And it just like, it just clicked, boom, abstinence is for me. Like yeah. that, that, that was, uh, Rap Union 212, that was the one that, that made uh, it really fucking make sense for me, all fell into place. And uh, again, I have Martin Johnson, who was, who was the guy who suggested uh, I attend a meeting, which eventually re- led to me going to the rap reunion. I haven't, I'm not a rap graduate, I haven't done the 12 steps and etc. like that. Um, wouldn't mind, I'll have a go at it, maybe, you know what I mean, get a sponsor, etc. If it works for you, um, I'm doing well, I know I'm doing okay. If I need, if I need, uh, I feel like I'm on the ropes. I know where I need to go. I know where to go. I'm in contact with rap. Anyway, um, yeah, the rap union was the one for me, mm. and uh, yeah, rap. They 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 got some cracking patrons as well. You got Russell Brand, Boo Yay, who cares? <laughs> um, he's a patron. I found out Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is another patron. Awesome. Tony Adams, um, a lot of uh, members of Parliament who have had their own demons and stuff with alcohol and whatnot, etc. And this, like, is the, and this is the it's thing. It's quite interesting, you know what I mean? I reckon everybody knows someone who's knows someone who's had a problem with addiction. Of course, yes. And and it's the, you know for some people the person they know who's got a problem with addiction is a mate there, a family member who is a person who just has a drink every day, and they don't no arms cause, but they just have a drink every day and they they kill in the liver or whatever, right? But they're still an addiction. You know, they don't necessarily think that the and again, I'm not. I'm weird for someone who's straight edge. I'm not anti booze. I entertain drunk people for a living. I'm anti booze and me. Abstinence is 100 percent for me. I, you know, but you know, my my missus isn't straight edge. It's just, you know, it's it's like my. It's just something that appeals to me because because I wouldn't necessarily have, have done any. I, I wouldn't. I don't know what I would have done if I had a carry on drinking, but. It always felt that the problems were only a little bit away, and it, you know, anyone could find themselves in in the situation that you. And it's like you say, you not non-drinking you, placid, lovely dude, right? It's like you were saying before, you used to drink a bit too much, get in fights, and that led to all of your problems, uh-huh. you know. And it's addressing addressing that underlying addiction, which at the time you would have just thought, I just like a drink, you know. And and the difference that. Once you start telling me about rap, the difference that they've made in your life, they they were the people who helped put you. It, it's your your motivation and your willpower uh-huh. is a huge part of it, but they put you on the path to where you are now. It's absolutely. We should we should certainly support. Them. What, uh, what from what I can say from my experience, my personal experience is, we all know best, right? We all know best, or at least we think we know best. Now, like I said, I had my problems with alcohol, smoking, whatever. Um, and I always thought I knew best. Like what I used to say is, "Oh, I'll set realistic limits." Because <coughs> I had a bit of form. I was uh, I had to do a alcohol uh, rehabilitation thing for six months prior to me going away, mm-hmm. and I worked with an alcohol worker and stuff. Like that, and they were like, "Do you know?" One of them said to me, and this is like, I'm not saying it was his fault. The one of them actually said to me, "They went, you know, you're still quite young. You could still have a drink." Like worst advice ever in the fucking world. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, but, but mate, the amount of times people say to me. You don't drink. I'm like, yeah, no, no, I stopped drinking. I'm like, 18 years ago, I'm like, you're not just out one. No. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, like, but like I'm saying, like, we all know best, and um, you know, like, uh, people take me, Martin, you've got to sort it out. You know what I mean? All oh, right, I set realistic limits. I set limits. I set limits, and I'd, I'd still fucking slip up, and I did. 
And uh, you can tell someone who has a problem with addiction to who you're blue in the face. Da, 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 da. Oh, you've got to sort yourself out or whatever. It's not the best thing today. All you can su- all you can do is suggest things. Suggest. Don't ever like get on someone. Like I'm saying personally from my experience, because it was me that went to that reunion, went to the meetings, and then f- listened and thought, "Wow, do you know what? Maybe I'm not alone in this. Maybe there is a re- maybe absence is for me. It can work. It does work. Do you know what I mean? So like, um, if there are people out there with addiction and stuff, all you can do, like I know it's hard and stuff like that. All you can merely do is suggest, you know, if, if someone, if the, the individual has a problem, can see it themselves, um, that you want that ultimately. But yeah, just try and suggest. Don't ever try and like say, this is what you need to do, da da because it won't work. And I know it firsthand. I don't know, I was looking straight at the recorder saying, like, I'm talking to you. But, but I do it, so, because I, I'm, I'm very upfront about my, my, my barriers to say this, because it's, it's just he's always been someone I've talked about on stage because I'm quite weirdly I'm comfortable talking about all my problems on stage not so much off stage and and I started um, I started saying to people I'm writing a show about being straight edge at the minute and I started saying to people hey look uh, have you ever got any problems with this like, if I'm not busy just tweet me and I'll talk to you and I've had a couple of people since I did that show in February a couple of people saying oh, I'm trying not to drink but I, I find it a bit difficult have you got any tips and I'm like like, I can tell you what worked for me, but like, like that's just, what works for you, isn't it? Just, yeah. But but the fact that you're even talking to me in the first place says that you want to face up to it, and and that's the that's the first thing. What surprised me is how many progress fans don't drink. I know a lot of them do. Yeah. There's a lot of drunk people there. There's a lot of people who are straight edge or teetotal or whatever. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Themselves. Which I find quite, I find sort of quite quite nice because out of the three of us that run the company, I'm the only straight edge one. You know, John and Glenn both drink and and. You know, it's. I mean, John's not. John's not much of a pie animal. Glenn. 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 Is Glenn a pisshead? Glenn's not. Glenn's a better drunk. Um, uh, um, but but yeah, it's just. It's it's one of those. I, I'm finding just by me talking about it, and you'll, you'll probably find the same. But you talking about it, people. You might occasionally have someone just say, "I, I, I, I don't drinking too much. What, what what's the tips?" And and again, we can't. We can't give anyone. Your path is not. Your path is not the definite path for for everybody. I wouldn't suggest my path to absolutely nobody. No, um, but but it was but, nice. Yeah. But the you know your your sort of your awareness of of your past and your, the way you've owned up to it and the way that you've you know whatever you've spoke to me about you going to prison. You're always, everything you've always said is I know I did wrong. I'm sorry for what I did. I've I've, I've done my time. I just want to get my head down and get on with stuff. And I think the. I think now if people go back and watch the moment when you won the title with this knowledge in their head it makes it it was already a great moment I think it makes it genuinely one of the best moments in in, in, in British wrestling for me ever because once they know the stuff that we knew in the background that that has propelled you to be that good that quickly I think it's I think it's a, a genuinely inspiring story and that's why I wanted to talk about it today and also time it so people can sponsor you for doing that. Oh, absolutely. Please, again, please do. And like, uh, I'd say, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, uh, I've had people say to me, oh, how do you do it? Like, oh, um, never say out front, oh, I have, I have a problem. Or, no one's ever going to say, I've got a problem. But mm. it's like, oh, I wish, that, another one is, I wish I could I could do what you do. Or I wish I, I, I couldn't drink or whatever. And you can. You're like, ask yourself, why do you drink? And a lot, of, a lot of the time, people just say, oh, 
I like the drink. It's, it's sociable, but you can you can have a bloody great time uh, being sober. And I, I'm I'm on the same fence with you as well. Like uh, I don't mind if people want to get, you know, have a good time, get drunk or whatever. I can hang around people. I can actually get. I get a buzz off being around people who are drunk. I start feeling drunk myself. I, I don't get people saying to me, oh, "Are you all right?" Is drinking? Yeah, I'm totally fine. <laughs> Look, there's a, there's a there's a there's a saying that's in the rooms. It's uh, oh, if you you hang around the barber shop too long, you get your hair cut. Well, my hair's hanging down to my ass, <laughs> and I ain't cutting it anytime soon, brother. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I'm loving it. You know that is um, the distraction pieces Twitter feed. That's probably. That's probably the bit you use for the little gift that we put. <laughs> that quote there. That's Martin Kelly, 2007. <laughs> Excuse me, William Evar, 2007. Um, um, where are you on the internet? Uh, um, so we can plug where you are. My Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, uh, my Facebook is, is all at the Bill Evar, B-I-L-L-E-A-V-E-R. Um, I'll put a link to, um, in the podcast description as well, I'll put a link to Pasta's uh, sponsorship page on Just Giving, which is justgiving.co.uk, just giving. run Pasta run. Forward slash, know. of course. Uh, um, uh, 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 at Verified Twitter, or Twitter Verified, uh, blue tick won't go and miss, you know, I need validation, I crave it instantly. Um, but I think, no, there's a problem with you on Twitter, <laughs> you only follow one Twitter account. I do, I do, yeah. Which is... uh, I'm geese. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, um, isn't it? You, you, you just follow Jesus Christ. I you? follow Jesus uh, at Jesus. I follow, and I think even that's a bit, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah, I don't tongue. think he's. I don't think he's the real dude. Hey, what? <laughs> How dare you, Jim? Don't, don't, don't do that. It's I'm, cool. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, mate. Right, we're going to wrap this up. Um, Genuinely, thank you uh, for telling your story because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time and, and I hope people listening take a lot of inspiration out of it because I genuinely think it's inspiring and I, I admire you, mate. So thank you. Thank very, you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm no longer story. nervous, by the way. That's good to know. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So that was the tale of Pastor William Eva as he met me on Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, I'm so grateful for Pastor... Uh, for talking to me about it. I mean, he mentioned some bloke called Martin, but we're not entirely sure who he is. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for him telling this story. It's difficult for him to talk about, but it's something that he has to face up to every day, and he wanted to talk about it publicly and, and put it out there because he's trying to do really good things, especially with working for, with, through Wrapped and doing the London Marathon. He's trying to do really, really good things and talk about the rehabilitation of prisoners. And he's a great example of this. You know, a man who had drink problems before he went to prison, addressed those in prison, addressed his addiction issues, came out, and I'll be honest with you, anyone who's ever been to a progress show and ever had a conversation with Pastor, like, when I found out about his past, I was shocked because he's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. He's just, he's a proper, unless you arrested him, he's a proper gentle giant. And and it, it, it it's, it's a story that I've wanted to tell for quite some time because... I genuinely think he's inspiring. I mentioned this before. I've got a family history of my family working in prisons and and so many people who just see the revolving door of people coming back in all the time. Pastor's a great example of someone who had something he wanted to dedicate himself to and now he's you know he's out of prison. He's happily in a relationship. He's uh, He's got a good job because he has got a good job. I know he complains about it, but he's got a good job. And he's also, he's a great wrestler. He's a wrestler who won our title, the progress, because we saw great potential in him. And he's still just getting started. There's still loads of opportunities for him. I know some opportunities won't be afforded to him straight away because of certain issues with travel and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean he's killing it here because he's dedicated to it 
and he wants to be good. So, you know, I think his story is genuinely inspiring. He knows he did wrong, you know, insulted someone and he's sorry and he served his time and, he, you know, I know it bothers him every single day. But the dedication he's had to trying to turn his life around is genuinely admirable. And I'm so grateful that he told his story with us uh, this week on Tuesday Night Jewel. So, once again, thank you very much, Pastor William Eva. Um, don't forget to sponsor him justgiving.co.uk slash run pastor run sponsor him give him some money even if it's only a couple of quid give him some money because you can hear the difference that raps made to his life so sponsor him justgiving.co.uk slash run pastor run i'll be grateful if you do that okay i'd really appreciate it obviously the all usual things with the podcast if you if you liked it today you found it interesting you wanted to talk about it and talk to me about it at jim smallman on twitter hashtag tuesday night jaw most of today on tuesday uh, i am going to be spending with my uh, wife and my son before i i vanish I, I miss my wife's birthday on saturday and i'm really sorry mr smallman um i'm so sorry um, but she's pretty cool and pretty forgiving um so we're gonna go and do cool stuff today like stroke pigs we're really excited um so um but yeah tweet me i'll get back to you when i can uh, at jim smallman hashtag tuesday night jaw especially if you want to discuss this today and if you like this and you think it's a genuine inspiring story then share it about tell people about it bring more people into this wrestling podcast this wrestling podcast is different it's positive we're not just talking about stuff that a lot of podcasts do which is oh i wouldn't do things like that i i think wrestling is amazing i said this last week and the the when I was talking about the fifth anniversary of progress, wrestling has genuinely changed my life. Pastor William Eva, wrestling has genuinely changed his life. You might be listening to this now thinking, do you know what? Wrestling's where I go and see my friends as well. My friends are. Then wrestling has changed your life. So point people in the direction of this podcast because we're trying to be positive. So if you want to make people more aware of it, jimsmorman.com slash TNJ is the best place to point people or link them into iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcast from, the Acast app, anything like that. Um... My website is jimswarmer.com. All my gigs are up on there. Um, I'm not gigging for a few days because I'm going to Orlando. Um, but all my gigs are up on there and you can download one of my shows and there's all various other things about me. And I've got a blog that I write now. I wrote a blog about aging the other week because uh, apparently at 38, I'm too old to do quite a lot of things in comedy. So have a read of that if you want. Um, it might give you a different perspective on on, on the, my other career. Um, progresswrestling.com demand-progress.com very important that uh, you're aware of my uh, wrestling company's little websites and also and obviously you can see lots of Pastor William Eva on there you can kind of see the, the genesis no pun intended for a man who looks like Jesus of his career um, and obviously please support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network uh, a year ago Scroobius Pip gave me the opportunity to do this podcast I'm still grateful every single day the fact that someone I've looked up to for a decade is my mate now and talks about wrestling with me is utterly utterly bizarre um, uh, but he, not just my podcast there's loads of podcasts on there that are worth your support and of course the Distraction Pieces podcast itself I felt very much through doing this and, and talking to Pastor that this is the closest I'll get to to doing something as amazing as Pip's Distraction Pieces podcast. So it mean a lot to me if you go and listen to all those, subscribe to all those, support the network. It will be great of you. Right, I'm off to WrestleMania. If you are coming to any show that I am at during WrestleMania weekend and you see me, be you British or American, I don't care where you're from, anywhere in the world, and you see me, you know how it works. You come up to me and you high-five me. You don't have to... I'm not... I'm not I'm not like a typical, I'm not a wrestler, I'm not, I'm not the sort of person who's going to go, you have to, you know, I'm going to charge you a couple of dollars to have a photo with me. No, come up to me, high five me, have your photo taken with me, I'm not bothered. I'll do all that, I'll do all that shit for free, I don't care. Okay, so if you see me, come and say hi. Um, 
If not, enjoy WrestleMania and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks here. Okay. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. It means a lot to me that you listen to this episode today because I think it's a really important one. Okay. See you soon, guys. Enjoy your week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.